You're listening to The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, bringing class to trash since everybody welcome to the ggtmc it is a ggtmc episode proper with all three amigos back together uh for a long time it's been a long time now <laughs> we shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to yeah it's true it's true uh <laughs> i need my dope beats like uh some people need uh water and air <laughs> but i have no dope beats <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Um, but yeah, we are back. It's me. It's Large William. It's uh, what? what, what do we ever come up with a full time name for Todd? I mean, you know, it's uh, Lieutenant Todd Taffy. Maybe I don't know what it's uh, on. I've had about ten of them. He's the, yeah. prince. the prince. The prince of Pennsylvania. The prince of Pennsylvania. Hot toddy. <laughs> Hot toddy. Todd Taffy, Lieutenant. All kinds of stuff. Todd Taffy. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a soft spot for Todd Taffy. I don't know why. I just. <laughs> it's, it sounds it sounds both playful and authoritative, and I, I like it quite a bit. <laughs> Lieutenant Todd Taffy, <laughs> I say it a certain way, you know. Indeed. Um, but yeah, we are back uh, with an episode proper. Like we said, we just kind of kicked some movies together, had a little fun this week, and we hope you guys have fun listening to us talk about them. We got the return of Spencer and Hill to the podcast this week. Um, with Go For It from 1983, uh, also the return of Enzo Barboni, um, which mm-hmm. I don't think he's been on the show in a long time either. Um, so kind of going old school here. They, um, actually, those three names might not have been on the episode since episode one. <laughs> I'm not sure. I always intended to cover the sequel to Trinity, but we never got to it, so maybe one day. And then uh, Corey Yoon's uh, 1985 Yes, Madam. I had never seen Yes, Madam. I'd always heard of Yes, Madam, and I know there's all these Yes, Madam films. Oh, in the line of duty, I think it is, right? Yeah. So I'd never like six or seven. Yeah, I never seen any of this stuff, but I'm always down for some Rothrock and some yo, yo, some dope beats, yo, and uh, yeah. and other uh, individuals. Uh, Troy Hawks in here. Uh, anyway, we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, I never seen it, so this was fun for me. I don't know had you guys. I know Will had seen it. Todd, had you seen it? I had not seen either of go. these. Will's a little bit more versed in Asian cinema than we are. 
Maybe I would say so. I'm not speaking for Todd there. Sorry, sorry, Todd. So you know, I uh, know that uh, would probably be accurate. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to those in a little bit. So now that we're all together, I want to go over something. I didn't really talk about this with the guys before we started recording, but I just want to go over how thankful we three are for the donations we got to keep the show running. Uh, literally, we only had to run it one day. I'm always very grateful. I know Will is. I know Todd is that uh, we're able to do that. The show has been very inconsistent. We obviously apologize for that, but it's just, you know, life is what it is, and we're all very busy. A lot of us are going through work things. I'm going through a life-changing work moment and some some personal things that are pretty crazy right now. Uh, Will and Todd know, but that's not really for public consumption, I don't think. Um, Anyway, needless to say, I just want to say we're thankful. Thank you very much. The GGTMC will keep running. It may stay inconsistent for a little bit longer, but it ain't going nowhere, uh, to use a proper Kentucky language. It ain't going nowhere. So uh, thank you very much. Uh, from the bottom of our uh, black hearts, uh, we appreciate it, honestly. And I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add to that or not. Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> you pretty much covered it. Yeah, right. thank you. Uh, thank you all. <clears throat> it was a yeah, just to say thank you, really. Um We've we've been blessed with such a we're this is our tenth year, man. We're coming up on ten actual full years of doing this show, and we're you know this this is the second longest relationship I've had in my life. Yeah, next to my wife. Same here, man. (laughs) Same here. I've known uh, you guys, and we've been doing the same thing now. That that, that's the longest. I mean, obviously, I've had friends in the past I've stayed close with, but. Doing the same thing day in and day out, like working on a marriage. This is the second longest one I've had, so mm-hmm. uh, it's amazing, you know. And, and like a marriage, it's it's had its ups and its downs, right? So, as far yeah, as not in terms of for the listeners, yeah, not in terms of discord or drama between us, but just being pulled in different directions yes. because of life, right? And uh, I look at back, I marvel at some of the energy we had. You know, five, six years ago, three, even three years ago, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's been a year of sort of inconsistency. Um, and, you know, each of us has had our spots. Toddy's been the rock. He's been uh, Mr. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Um, but Sammy and I have both had things. I mean, rec centers don't save themselves. That's right. Um, baby oil uh, sponsored flex-offs don't yeah. win themselves and we're the only podcast that still participates in underground raw arm wrestling championships so yeah i mean you know these these things are they come up out of nowhere there, there's no these aren't publicized you know these these are quiet they're dirty they're like fight clubs so you know nobody talks about it except we us. just broke rule number one <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you wear the crown you make the rules that's right <laughs> all right <laughs> had to travel to eastern europe to do an arm wrestling championship <laughs> it's, a t- it's a tough competition because they they tie your nuts in like a like a gunny sack and you gotta you know they squeeze <laughs> that <away>. gunny sack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Todd knows what I'm talking about. That's why he's being so quiet. The uh... <laughs> I was just trying to figure out what knot I wanted to use. <laughs> yeah, I don't advise against the slip knot, bro. It's uh, <laughs> you just go with a sheep shank. Or... Yeah, the more you move, sheep the uh, the tighter it gets. That's what she said. Yeah, I that. <laughs> All right. Um, as you can see, we won't fall too far out of favor with our fans and our listeners. And and like I said, just thank you for that. I just wanted to get that out there because uh, I don't want you to think that we're not thankful. We just 
has been a week or so ago. Uh, Todd and I recorded a review last week, but we didn't put that out. We got some other stuff coming out. Um, so this all, a lot of stuff you guys are going to be listening to is going to sound out of sequence for a little while, but uh, try to get it back to a live format. We, we kind of like to bank an episode uh, per week because our lives are so busy. So we're kind of, even if we can't really, don't really have time, we're trying to record a review here, review there. So things will sound kind of weird, but just want to make sure we get something out. Uh, and be and just let you guys know we're thankful and stuff. And maybe one day we'll get to the goddamn t-shirts. So we'll see. Oh God, I know. <laughs> Ten years, I think it's about time we put a t-shirt out. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> to more than you know, a few uh, kickstarters and things like that. Anyway, neither here nor there. Also, want to make sure I mention because I haven't because it's come out since I haven't been on the show now for like a month and a half. Um, fuck. <laughs> I can't even remember the name of the goddamn movie. Lethal Hunter is out there on a DVD. Uh, you can pick it up at DiabolicDVD.com. You can hear our commentary. I know we've pushed it on the Facebook group. I am personally, full disclosure, I am not on Facebook at all anymore. I am still there. You can message me if you want to. But I've had enough. I, I can't handle the amount of um, what is cynicism that I see on Facebook. So I, I keep my... ID to keep my friends in, t- in check and make sure everybody's all right but there's just too much cynicism there for me so, so i apologize for not being there more but i can't handle it life's too short let's put it that way um for other people that's fine it's great you want to be on there have have had it I'm, i've never been happier you want to really contact me go to letterboxd i'm on there all the time so always check and see what people are watching i just want to talk about movies guys i don't care about trump um <laughs> that was a little personal sorry the um yeah. Yeah, it's okay. It's the, true, though. Uh, yeah, it is true. I just get tired mm-hmm. of it. Um, and that's it. Let's let's have some fun, man. Let's talk about some movies we may have watched. You guys got anything you watched this week? Past week? T A or T A T C? You've been T and A. But I think of T and A when I think of T C. So is anything you've been watching? Because you've been quiet. We've been fucking jibber jabbering as usual, not letting anyone get a word in edgewise. So Todd T and A. That might be a new nickname there, Todd. Number five. <laughs> you got one of those uh, names that just lends itself. Hot toddy. You just got one of those names, man. Uh, <laughs> one of those parties. Ooh. Uh, okay. Did, did I? Uh, but we will, didn't talk we, about anything last week, me and you. So I, you no, guys, I know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Will, did I? Did we do Avengers: Infinity War? No, I don't recall you talking about that. All right. So I caught that one and I thought it was great. But, you know, I'm a sucker for Marvel. Uh, you know, I'm a Marvel zombie anyway. I thought that uh, Josh Brolin was fantastic as Thanos. And it really is more of a Thanos movie than it is anything else. Uh, I could get a lot of people's criticisms of it. But overall, I thought, it, you know, it was just very, very good. Um uh, caught up with Yorgos Lanthimos's The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Yeah. Oh, I'd uh, love to see this. I do too. I thought you, oh, I thought you did. Um, no, I've been dying to, but it's one of those ones i got to find the right time and my kids are up and there's no way I'm throwing that one on with them around. No, you probably don't want to. <clears throat> uh, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a Lanthimos movie. Um, yeah, I mean, that's about all you can say about it. I mean, it, it, has, that, it has that same, you know, stilted uh flat delivery and the, the bizarre kind of sense of humor and uh it really gets dark really dark um once it gets rolling uh and it's full of that you know uncomfortableness that he brings to the uh, the table and it was yeah it was really good um 
I don't know that I like it more than the lobster. I wouldn't say that, but uh, but I did like it. Uh, I love Lanthimos. I'd say he's a top five filmmaker for me right now. Um, I think he's very good. I, I think he's very interesting. I don't know how long I could deal with the shtick. Like mm-hmm. that sort of that deadpan kind of thing that he has. I mean, I kind of I kind of like it because it's it's both comfortable and distancing. Um, yeah, yeah. Isn't it weird? Like you get yeah. immediately drawn in by these people, but they're just kind of like, "Oh, what kind of watch is that? Oh, it's a it's a Sega. Oh, okay. Well, is it water resistant? Yeah. Well, what's it water resistant to? Hundred meters. Oh, we should go get you a watch. Oh, you know that kind of thing. Man, it sounds like. Uh... Yorgos by, by way of Fargo there. I know, right? <laughs> I was just thinking that. Fargo is Lanthimos. So you were having sex with a little fella then? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but but it is good. It is very good. Um, I caught, well, rewatched uh, Hitman 1972 with uh, Bernie Casey, Pam Greer, and I had forgotten just how really gritty and unsavory this movie is. Um, it's good, but man, is it, it's, it's got some, it's got an edge to it. Uh, Casey is not a nice guy, uh, through the whole movie. And there's some scenes in here, which are pretty nasty, uh, especially the, uh, the dog fighting scene. And, uh, you know, there's a couple other things. The jungle cat scene with a certain fox. Yep. Yep. Um, it's get Carter, man. It is. It really is. It, Which 100%. is cool. Uh, it's it's get Carter without the. Uh, well, I won't give it away, but uh, but yeah, it is essentially the black exploitation get Carter, and uh, I, and I like it. But yeah, it's just it's it's really. I mean, it's way nastier than get Carter is. I think um, it's just that sort of almost gutter level kind of thing going on, uh, which is you know, it's got a certain appeal to it, but at the same time. Yeah, it it kind of took me by surprise when I rewatched it, just uh, how much I'd forgotten of uh, of how it is. Um, and then I watched Shot Caller from 2017, which was a really massive disappointment. I saw this got the five out of ten, I think, from you, right? Yes, sir. Uh, <laughs> this is just it felt like amateur hour uh, across the board. Uh, I thought that uh, it felt like it was written by you know like a college student. Uh-huh. Um, I think there's two good performances in it, and neither one of them is the uh, the lead. Uh, unfortunately, it's too bad. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. Um, it just didn't. I just thought it was. There was no it, it, completely uncompelling for me, uh, almost across the board. I mean, it's got kind of a nice little twist at the end, uh, but that's really about it. There's nothing else to 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 bring my that. What is it? Uh, there's no milkshake to bring all the boys to the yard. Uh, yes. Is that yes, the expression? Yes. <laughs> that sure is. Yeah. The action so, and the yeah. expression. Timely. Current current expression, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we stay on top of it over here at the GGTMC. <laughs> How much did I just date myself with that one? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Vintage, baby. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, I just I, this is easily skippable. I don't. I, I mean, if people love this thing, God bless them. But it's just no, huh? Not having it. Mm. Not for me. Um, and that's about it. That's all I got. Oh, nice. It's been, nice. Th- it's been thin times. 
Yeah. Ten times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, well, it's gonna sound. It's gonna sound like when you get to me. It's gonna sound like uh, I got a lot. But you got to remember, I've been off the show for a long time, so I've been able to watch some stuff. But uh, See, why don't you go now, then, buddy? I'm just actually updating the ice cream notebook here with some from via Instagram, like. All right, so, give me, do you want to give me a second here? Let spit me spit some fucking heat. Yeah, I'll throw, I'll throw some heat. Spit some knowledge at some bras. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I thought I was dating myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, only the GGT. Hey, by the way, by the way before, we, before we get into it, I just I want to thank Will for uh, bringing back the uh, the cereal. Oh yeah, you oh, heard nice it. Nice to hear him. I did, you know, it, it was fitting that yeah, for all of us to be together. It's classic. We get some uh, some cereal. Some cereal, actually. You know, yeah. you know what we gotta find. If anyone's listening, I'm looking at this beautiful GTTMC cup that our friend Mike designed. I want to get like a shirtless, beefy, three musketeers photo of the three of us on a cup. That's the next thing. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, yeah. Uh, yeah. Some sleazy uh, musketeers cup with our heads on it. That's right, man. Mine will have uh, nipple cuffs. But, uh, <laughs> no, no piercing. I don't go that far. So, but nah, these are only the cuffs. It's I'll just rock a the, not a the cuffs with some shark tooth on them. I'll be fine. Oh yeah, I had to say shark tooth, not shark teeth, because it isn't. <laughs> sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Um, also, only the GGMT TMC do we spit on bras. It almost sounds like <laughs> it almost sounds like a sexist comment. It sounds so stupid. <laughs> I don't take your blah. I spit on it. <laughs> that sounded like uh, Maurizio Merli, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here. It's coming in slapping motherfuckers. All right. So mine goes way back here. I think I haven't been on the show since uh, late January. That's, uh, oh, man. I'm pretty sure that's the truth, too, man. I don't think I've been on I the think show. So. Um, so it's been a long time. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I was on in February at all. I don't think I was on in March at all or April, maybe. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> Fuck, it's been a long time. Anyway, I'll just uh, I'll do a few here. Um, let me get into it. Uh, rewatch. You watch Citizen Kane, the <laughs> new film Citizen Kane. Uh, I did watch the the, the it's, two. Fi- it's a gas. The two films you guys watched uh, a while back. I did watch those films. The hard opening show that I forgot to put the music on. Thank you, everybody. Uh, I did watch Threads in Class of '99. I like I like both those quite a bit. Uh, I'm sure you guys spoke to them quite a bit, so I'm not going to speak to them a lot here. Just know that I. I like them quite a bit. Uh, Class of 1999, especially, the older it gets, the more kind of like fine wine it gets, all those practical effects and stuff. Man, it's really nice. Oh, yeah. And Threads, obviously, is a bit of a gut punch. So, obviously, uh, that's in my world. That's where uh, I enjoy those kind of films. Uh, Forbidden Planet. I rewatched Forbidden Planet. Just randomly one day decided to watch Forbidden Planet. I hadn't watched it in HD. I'd only seen it in standard definition over the years. Oh, the the um, the French animation? No, no, that's no. Uh, that's a that's, fantastic voyage or uh, fantastic. Planet. That's Coolio, fantastic man. Or, or Lake. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> now the Coolio references are. Man, we're we're the three hippest guys yeah. in the room, man. This nineties yeah. uh, hip hop reference. This show is Coolio. slide, slide, slippity, sliding right down the. Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, anyway, uh, no, this is the uh, Leslie Nielsen uh, sci-fi movie from '56. Um, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I've watched it. Uh, it's, you know, it still holds up pretty good. Um, really like the set design. Obviously, you can see a lot of influence and hear a lot of influence in the sound effects and things like that. I watched it on Filmstruck because it was on there. and I was like, man, I haven't watched Forbidden Planet since I was a kid. 
So I thought I'd give it another turn. I don't think I liked it as much as I did when I was a kid. It's 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 much more stagey and slow moving, but it's still nice. And of course, it's got the the greatly titled Doctor Morpheus in there. And yes, I am Doctor Morpheus. You know, and <laughs> it's very uh, silly. Uh, I watched uh, Wind River. Finally, I finally checked that out. Uh, I know there's a lot of heat on P- on this film for being feeling kind of whitewashed, um, which is a thing nowadays, but. Um, that didn't bother me so much. I like the film uh, quite a bit. It's pretty simple. Uh, I like the simplicity of it. Um, I won't go into too much detail because I got a lot to go through here, but I did enjoy it. Um, uh, Gringo, The Dangerous Life of John McAfee. This is <laughs> So this is the guy that, uh, you know, McAfee Securities on computers, blah, 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 back in the day. He made a ton of money off that, and then he seems to have gone crazy. Uh, some very interesting stuff in here, not least of which is to find out that our good friend John McAfee likes to have his mouth shat in as, as a sexual thing. Yes, <laughs> some, there's some hookers when he's down in uh, Barbados or wherever he went in exile. These hookers <laughs> told him they he had this hammock built and uh, fucking uh, you know Hanzo the Razor. This guy is not. He likes to uh, <laughs> he likes to have a hole cut out of the hammock and he likes to lay underneath of it and he likes for you to poo poo in the mouth. Oh. Oh, really? He admits this? He doesn't admit it, but at least four or five of the hookers do. So oh, I'd say if, if four out of five of hookers are correct, I would say that uh, <laughs> four out of five dentists agree. Yeah. Yeah. Four out of five, four hookers, five agree. hookers agree. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't want to be John McAfee's dentist. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Did you have corn last night, bro? Yeah, Did your friend awesome. have corn last night, bro? <laughs> Woo! Oh, God. <laughs> You know, I mean, to each their own, but there's a level of, you know, I've never understood the coffee table thing. I've never understood the mouth and the shit and mouth thing. I mean, no. you know, I, you know, I just, listen, yeah, no, <laughs> there's just, That's... you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It just doesn't get, it doesn't do anything for me. No, not my bag, but well. you know. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't even. I don't. Yeah, no. I don't like <laughs> looking at it. I don't like no. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't even. I mean, wanna... if you like it, whatever. Go nuts as long as you get consenting yeah. adults and shit. Yeah, and you eat some um, <laughs> some active uh, probiotics or something to flush that out quick or something. Or yeah. what do you do? Do you just kind of? Is that like a spit or swallow thing, or yeah, how does that, that go? I don't know. My God, I hope it's I, a spit thing. God, it better. Oh man. <laughs> My throat's fucking closing up right now. I know. Yeah. I know. Oh. Anyway, oh. to get off of that, that that's uh, a <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty crazy documentary though. This guy's obviously insane, and really the the kind of thesis of the documentary is is does money get let you get away with things? Uh, because this is a multi millionaire who designs the security software, and and it seems like throughout his life he's always kind of gotten away with things, and in the film. He was kind of tied to a murder over the last, I don't know, five or six or ten years or whatever. Uh, somehow, some way, some people think he committed the murder, some don't. Um, but either way, he's still out there and about, and he's ran for president. He's done all kinds of crazy things. He's a very eccentric dude, and uh, it's a, it's just a bizarre story. But <laughs> to add upon it, you know, like I said, they, he had a hammock built so he can have his uh, hookers do that. So anyway, whatever. More power to you, John McAfee. Um I'll tell you, there's a there's a hole in your security blanket, John McAfee. Uh, <laughs> a hole in your security hammock. Yeah, and he's probably like, yeah. you, you bet there is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, How to Build a Time Machine. This is Jay Chill's uh, film. Jay Chill's uh, one of the Film Junk podcast hosts. 
Um, I watched his uh, first documentary. That was the one about the guy. Oh, Jesus. I can't remember the name of it. That Canadian dude, the Ralph, uh, the the guy that kind of did Jackass before Jackass. I can't remember. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. I remember you watched it, too, and I can't remember. Anyway, Jesus, that sucks. I can't remember the title of that film. Anyway, this is his version of, uh, th- or not his version. This is uh, his film. Uh, how to build a time machine. So it's about this gentleman who used to work in the movie business who wants to build a life-size replica of the time machine from the film, the time machine, H.G. Wells, the time machine and his obsessiveness about that. But it's also about time travel itself. And there's a lot of theoretical stuff in there and, and conversations about time travel and stuff. I found myself mesmerized by this thing. It's one of the best films I've seen in a while. I mean, he really knocked this one out of the park. It speaks to everything I like, which is, I know that from listening to the Film Junk Podcast in the past, I know that Jay Chill uh, is a big fan of Errol Morris. So Errol Morris, I've always found him fascinating, not so much for his filmmaking, but for the fact that he's so obsessive about obsessive people. People who you know find the smallest thing and just kind of grab onto it and don't let go. And these two, there's two subjects to this film, uh, and uh, they are very obsessive people and Fascinating, fascinating. I highly recommend it. How to Build a Time Machine. Easy easy uh, title to remember, but check it out. It's wonderfully shot. Very good. Um, Andre the Giant, the documentary. I checked that out. Pretty good. I mean, it basically tells the story of Andre and things. There's some good stuff about his youth and things. I wish there was more of that. I, mean, I know most about his professional career and stuff, but there's, a, there's an extended sequence where they talk about how Andre loved to fart, which is, you know, when you're as big as Andre, I'm sure those are some big farts. <laughs> oh, man. I just yeah ooh <laughs> yeah I wonder if they, they it's too bad they didn't have like that poopery stuff back yeah. then huh no, they didn't make oh. yeah they didn't make those hammocks let me tell you <laughs> oh god uh, I watched Becoming Bond which is a documentary on George Lazenby uh, who kind of somehow some way got himself into a Bond movie and uh, some have considered it to be the, you know, it's a arguable. Some considered the best Bond movie. Some thought he was the best Bond. Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far. I do think it's one of the better ones. Yeah, definitely one of the better but ones. Actually, George Lazenby's story is fucking fascinating. If you get a chance to watch this, watch it. This is more like a comedy documentary, so it's not a great film, I would say. But his life is one that it's it 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 you can't even believe it's true. Some of the shit that happened to this guy, and most of it he will admit is from most of his good fortune came from chasing ass. Because <laughs> he was a good-looking dude, right? So, uh, a bit of a tough guy. But he was born with—I uh, didn't know this, but I do this from watching a documentary. He was born where, when he would piss, piss would go back up inside of him. So when he was a little boy, Ooh. his urethra or whatever it is, or whatever his urinary tract, it yeah. was all fucked up. So he had to have like I don't know twenty-something surgeries when he was a kid. Oh. And here he is—he goes on to be the sex symbol and this kind of—and really in a weird way, you know, he—he could have. He turned down Bond. He did the one Bond film. He didn't like all the attention. Then kind of disappeared. And obviously, he's popped up in films since then. But he's 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 a fascinating dude. Lazenby is. He really is. Uh, the movie's a little too funny for and cute for its own good because there's a lot of reenactments and stuff I didn't care for. But uh, his story is still pretty fascinating. Uh, watched the four-hour documentary Elvis Presley: The Searcher, which is about Elvis and about you know all the things he was always looking for in life and how his life changed after his mom died because he was real tight with his mom and. Uh, nothing really new here. Some really uh, cool shots of uh, some stuff in Graceland you maybe not seen before, and maybe a few new stories. But if you know mostly about Elvis, you probably don't. You probably don't really need to see it. It's good, but you probably don't need to see it. 
Too Funny to Fail, The Life and Death of the Data Carvey Show, which is on uh, Hulu. It's hilarious. Uh, it's a funny documentary and uh, good stuff. Um, I'll let you guys look into that. I'm going to go through some of these kind of fast. Braven, Jason Momoa kind of uh, action movie. Not bad. Pretty good. Jason Momoa's got great presence. His dad is played by Stephen Lang in the film. The bad guy is uh, Garrett Dillonhunt. So it's 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 pretty it's a pretty standard B movie in a lot of ways. Not too bad. Um, kind of depends on how much you buy. Uh, Momoa's character is kind of a Ramboish character, although he does kind of make some buffoonery kind of dad mistakes because he's got a child in the film. But it kind of reminded me of Death Hunt a little bit. The Bronson. Uh, it Mom. does. I, it does. That's what I thought too. Because I'd seen it. Oh, okay. I've seen so bits of it, not yeah. the whole thing. But yeah, yeah it's okay. It. It's it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's not it's not bad. I mean, having Lang in there and stuff kind of helps. Momoa's not Momoa's presence is his is his main gift. His acting has still got a ways to go, I think. But he's got a great screen presence, and uh, I think that uh, you know he he could be something. Um, obviously, more than Aquaman. I know he'll probably end up being remembered for Aquaman more than anything. Uh, as most people are, remember, for the comic book character now. <laughs> I watched uh, Monster Hunter, a.k.a. Absurd. I was going to be on the episode with Will that's going to be coming out soon, or that you've already heard uh, as you listen to this. Um, just did a rewatch. Love that film, just because, you know, it opens with George Eastman running. That's enough for me. <laughs> uh, it's called Monster Hunter in America. Isn't that a weird uh, Absurd. <laughs> yeah, Absurd is the better yeah. title. Uh, it's an absurd movie, to say the least. <laughs> yes. Uh, 7852. This is the documentary on Hitchcock's shower scene. Uh, pretty good. Oh, nice. Yeah. Definitely worth a recommend there. Not going to go into too much. Uh, I got a lot, but it's hard to believe, but I've been gone for a while, right? Uh, 7852. I mean, is that the, the timestamp on when it happens in Psycho? 78, yeah. 78 cuts in 52 seconds, maybe? Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe that's okay, what it I is. Gotcha. I might be wrong. Um, might be what it is. It's good. It's good. It's a little. It's a little too fawning in spots for me, but uh, it's fun. I mean, I really wish they would have gotten some more Hitchcockian professionals in there. I wish they could have got De Palma in there and some more people to talk about it. But it's not that. the the worst film I've watched over the last few months is Pottersville. This is the one I had to watch it because the the cover of the movie looks so bad. It's the Michael Shannon uh, Bigfoot Christmas movie. Oh God! I wanted to watch this. Yeah, the the cover is so bad. I was like, I have to watch this movie. It's got because it has talent in the movie. I mean, it's got Ian McShane, it's got Michael Shannon. In your know, small town, I thought, oh, it'll make it'll be a feel good movie. It made, me, it made me feel bad, <laughs> so I didn't feel great watching this. It's got a good positive message, and it's fun to see Michael Shannon do something other than the heavy. But uh, yeah, not good. Uh, it, it, it not as bad as its artwork, but not much better. Uh, Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, Hell to Pay. This is the animated one. This one's more. This, this film's more violent than the regular uh, Suicide Squad. This thing is. Uh, started watching it. My son was in the room. People's heads are getting blown apart. I was like, Oh Lord, have mercy! I got to turn this off. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't. You know, it doesn't wince. It's pretty violent. So, uh, uh, viewer, be warned if you're going to watch this with your kids. Well, I guess it depends on what you let your kids see, but teach their own but this is a little too violent for mine it wasn't bad though um i got through the whole thing which is uh <clears throat> more than i can say for the other suicide squad i only got the killer crocs introduction on that and said fuck this <laughs> um yeah uh spielberg uh watched that documentary eh, if you if you know steven spielberg there's nothing new here so i liked it but i wouldn't advise anybody to spend two hours if they already know anything about spielberg nothing fancy there 
obviously Kaltiki. I watched Game Night. Let's watch that. I know Will watched that recently, not too long ago. Or maybe it wasn't. Yeah, long. yeah. Uh, that was pretty fun. That was that wasn't it bad. It was fun. Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I kind of like that it's kind of riffing on Fincher a little bit, and Fincher's kind of influences on cinema with the big wet letters and uh, almost Zodiac-type oh, yeah. camera shots. And um, It's a little long in the tooth. That's the only problem I had with it. Like, sure. I, I, I get the, the joke is good. The setup's good. Even the, while the joke's going on, it's good. But then it just keeps going. It keeps going. Mm-hmm. It keeps going. And I'm like, dude, you should have ended, you know, a while back. 10, 15 minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it's 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 not bad, though. I mean, I enjoyed it. and um, I don't know how many times I'd rewatch it, but, yeah. It's interesting to watch Jason Bateman's career. I've grown up with Jason Bateman. He was a huge part of my youth. He was on Silver Spoons with Ricky Schroeder and... He had his own TV show too, as well. I can't remember the name of it now, but I thought it's he, your move. Yeah, that's right. It's your move. There you go. And I uh, loved it. Yeah, I loved uh, you know Jason Bateman and me were you know we're similar in age. He's a little older than I am, but uh, mm-hmm. and so plus he, his sister's cute. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I remember watching him quite a bit. But it's interesting that he's in these films nowadays, and he always plays like the guy that's either getting ready to have a kid or is thinking about having kids or something. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, I waited a long time to have children. Uh, if I was Jason Bateman's age, which I think he's close to 50 now, I would be like, dude, <laughs> stop playing these roles. But I guess, you know, in, in fairness to him, he still looks young. I mean, he doesn't look like he's his age. I mean, he he's aged well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say that. So. Yeah, he has. Also, I've always had a thing for Rachel McAdams. I think she's very cute. She's very Oh, cute. me too. Yeah, she's very cute. I mean, like and she does have a great comedic moment when <laughs> that one guy says, she's like, I got children. He's like, not with that ass, you don't. Yeah, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, thank you." You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's a stupid joke, but it's it's she she plays it well. But there's some good jokes in the film and uh, some funny moments. Really liked um, the kind of deadpan delivery of Jesse Plemons. That actor Plemons is really good, man. The scene with his his dog, the whole setup with his dog and Bateman and stuff. I was, I was like, man, yeah. shit. It was. Yeah. It's like a good kind of grown up. Hollywood comedy, I think you know, for right. what it's set out to do, it it it's as good as one can be, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's no, not it's, an art house and witty, but yeah, it's a it's a nice violent comedy in a way, you know. Yeah, they don't hold back from the violence and and uh, yeah, it's fun and it's fun. I mean, I I knew I'd probably check it out because uh, a lot of the things I'd read was that it, the from the directors had said that it was kind of a parody of Fincher movies. Not so much just the game, but a lot of Fincher stuff. And like I said, you see some Zodiac type shots, and and uh, it's not a full blown parody, but it's uh, kind of harping on that stuff. But yeah, it was good. Yeah, that's all I got to say. I mean, I don't think I don't have anything else. Um, uh, Kaltiki, obviously, but you'll hear our review of that soon. But well, I'll kick it over to you. That's a lot for me. You won't hear that much from me again for a while because I'm lucky if I just, can get two but, in a week. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not because you're not on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so I've watched some stuff. Um, yeah, because you haven't been on the show for a little while either. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, did I talk about Todd? Or did I talk about revisiting the Great Silence on the big screen? I think I did, right? Uh, I believe so. Because yeah, we did ninety nine. I talked about the Andre the Giant documentary. I believe. Yes. Okay, so I think Infinity War was my jump off point as well. Then. Okay. Um, okay, so yeah, I quite liked it. I was saying to my mom, no, my dad yesterday, I think, that I quite like it. Um, hardly my sons haven't seen a lot of the Marvel, not a lot, they haven't seen a good number of the Marvel films. Um, 
This one is commendable because it has a lot of balls in the air and it's trying to please a lot of the audiences uh, of certain characters, right? I mean, you've got your Guardians fans, your Captain America fans, your Iron Man fans, your Thor fans, Hulk fans. You're trying to please everyone. It does a relatively good job. Um, Yeah, and I thought it was well-balanced. Yeah, and that's no small feat. I mean, for for a movie that's, yeah, for a movie that's mostly, you know, set pieces, yeah. Uh, You know, it's, it's a comic book film. It's, it's, you know, adapted from pretty well-known source material or an arc or whatever you want to say. I don't spend a lot of time nitpicking the plot holes and the inaccuracies and the the leaps in logic that you have to have because it's, you know, I'm just there for the spectacle, right? So in that sense, it works pretty well. Um, it ended and my kids were kind of like, what just happened? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it was good, man. It was good. Um, I'll just leave it at that. I'll, uh, I'll find it interesting when I do actually sit down and watch a Marvel film again. You know, I haven't watched a Marvel film since uh, Age of Ultron came out. I haven't watched. I haven't seen that. I haven't watched a film since then. I know you got very fatigued on them, Sammy. I, I think they're doing. It's the it's the way they look. I don't like the way yeah. they look. They look like TV shows. To well, me. I don't know. Let's see. I don't. I don't think they look any different than any other movie that's shot on uh, digital these, these days. To be honest, uh, I, I, mean, I mean, I really don't. I don't. I, I think Game Night looks better than the Marvel movies. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Game Night looks good. Game Night's a good looking film for sure. But I think. Did you ever watch? I think Sammy. Have you watched Ant Man yet? No. Okay, watch Ant Man. There's maybe one or two blue words. I mean, I, I'll, I'll check. I mean, I'm going to check back in at some point. I just needed to get away, right? I was fatigued. Yeah, that is you the best word. That's understandable. And yeah, that's very fair. But I think if you watched Ant Man with your boy if you watched um thor ragnarok with your boy because the last one uh, i watched that i enjoyed really the last marvel film i watched that i enjoyed was winter soldier right and we talked about how that one's you know like it's, got, it's like heat it's got so many gunshots it's in it, a, you know? yeah it's like a michael mann uh, yeah um 70s political thriller kind of thing but i did enjoy that but that was the last one i enjoyed and i was just like you know what i, I gotta get away from this stuff for a while and maybe it's just being too close to the material some folks i can understand i think that's part of it you love you love your comic books you love your comic book movies i get it i totally get it but for me sure. i'm i love my comic books and i don't like what they do with the movies I, I just I don't like what they do, and it's it's just you know it's it's just my my opinion. It's nobody else's opinion. That's a fair criticism. Yeah. And for me, they just feel very televisual. I mean, I you know mm-hmm. again, not that it's a bad thing. I watch TV. I mean, I love television, but it's it just for me. I, I, I don't know. I I want to see something. You know, I'd rather see, even though I haven't watched these films either. I'd rather see you know Zack Snyder's films. Because, Ooh, don't say that because you have because yeah, when you see those I know, I know. DC films, I know. But I'd, I'd rather see. I guess for me, I'd, I'd wish they would use filmmakers more. And I'm not saying anything bad about the Russo brothers. I know they did well. Like I said, I like the Winter Soldier, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. I just wish that you know, for me, what I consider a filmmaker is somebody that puts their stamp on it. To me, they all feel the same. They don't. They none of them look different to me. They they might feel different, but they don't look different. They all look the same to me. So. I think that's a relatively fair assessment, but I think that the, they're not going for an auteur. Like, yeah. they're no. trying to provide. They don't need to. They make so much no. money. I mean, look at they. They, they don't. Deadpool will make don't. a ton of money. Deadpool will make a ton but, of money this weekend. Deadpool two will. Yeah, the, the way that I think of it is kind of like how they used to impose that kind of you need to draw everything like Kirby kind of yes. thing. Yes, that's what it feels like. Uh, and, and it's the same kind of idea because they're trying to have a unified uh, aesthetic. 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, whether, whether that's, you know, and, and yeah, no, I can, I, I could understand the criticism of that completely. But for me, I mean, personally, uh, I, I've seen a, a shit ton of uh, action movies recently that just look exactly the same. Oh yeah. Now, um, across if, the board. So yeah. I, so I don't really, I don't really, you know, if we're talking, my, me personally, I don't, I don't, I don't have that criticism in the Marvel right. movies because everything to me now looks kind of that yeah. that same kind of flat, te- like you said, televisual. Yeah. Right? If, if we're talking that's like the, that's the way that B B action movies, like you know, like the modern B action movie, they all look the same. Oh yeah, they they're, do. They're, well, not, I mean, there's there's A movies that look that bad. I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just, I don't think me, that. Yeah, there's there's <laughs> certainly not that that I I personally don't think there's. Uh, as much care or thought put into things as there maybe once was. And that's not to say that there weren't people back then who were, you know, strictly flat characterless kind of uh, filmmakers. But, you know, I, I just don't, I don't think that it's gotten better. I think it's gotten worse. Yeah. That's my personal opinion. Mm-hmm. I think they're trying to overstuff the films. And I don't mean this as a criticism. I'm, I will defend the films. Um, and, and to argue the auteur thing, Sammy, I would say watch Thor Ragnarok. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. That, they're allowing that directors yeah. calling cards to, it, it, like, there's enough flourish when they bring in, like, they've, they've done a really good job of bringing in talent. Like, I, here's the thing you may not. You may be fatigued on the films. Yeah. I wouldn't say that's a criticism. If we, we can all step away from the fatigue, because fatigue is a real thing. And I'll tell you, I, I don't care if I ever see Wolverine again in my life. And I loved Wolverine as a kid, man. That's what drew me into comedy. I could give a fuck yeah, about right, seeing right. him again on screen. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, Marvel and everyone that makes the decisions, from my, in my opinion, has done a really good job of getting quality filmmakers. It's almost like... Um, the studio formula in the 50s, where you just, it was like, it doesn't matter, they're interchangeable, but they're of a certain caliber and you're going to get a good quality product. Not to say McDonald's is a good quality product, but there's that certain level that you can expect from a Marvel movie now. Whereas we've seen some stinkers come out um, as far as superheroes go, and DC's fallen into that trap. Some of the early Marvel movies fall into that trap, where it's incredible to me that Marvel's been able to hit, 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 hit. Yeah. And I'm not being blinded by the box office. I watch them as someone who loves film and analyzes film, even when he shouldn't necessarily with a more critical eye, I can admire the set pieces and the character development, some of the lines, some of the Easter eggs. So I think all in all, they're doing a really, really, really good job with a high stakes game of poker mm. where they're trying to please a lot of people. Sure. You know, sure. so, but I get the fatigue, man. I really do. But I think when you come back and you look at the guardians films, you look at Ant-Man, you look at Ragnarok, those are among my favorite experiences with my kids yeah. at the cinema. Yeah, it's the, like my Star Wars. This is like like my kids' Star Wars is the Marvel movies. So those those three. So I have seen Guardians, right? And I like Guardians, but yeah, um, I was also you know the kind of guy that grew up liking Guardians. Then and nobody liked it back in the day. Sure, now everybody does. But uh, I haven't seen Ant Man, but it does look interesting. And uh, Thor Ragnarok is the first thing from Marvel I've seen. This previews of I haven't seen the film. Is the first thing I've seen in a long time that even looks slightly interesting to me. So those I will check out at some point. But I do, I like what they do with their. Even though Thor is quote unquote not a B character, he can only go so far as an A character, yes. right? So oh, yeah. yes, hundred percent. I like that they roll the dice more with the kind of <laughs> off-centered characters. Yeah, uh, big time. And man. I hope they continue to do that. I've talked about in the past how I wished. 
Punisher Warzone would have been a bigger hit because then Marvel Knights could have been like a little studio where they made B movies. They could have made more Blade movies. Moon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> they could have done some crazy shit, right? And that's what I want. Yeah. But basically what I want is that. But, you know, this, this you know, personal taste, I just, I don't know. The first Avengers movie I enjoyed. I won't say yeah. I didn't. But I just, I got tired of it too after a while and I've just never really went back. I just, at one point, I just said, you know what? I'm not watching any more of these. And I that's just, fair. And I just, I couldn't do it. And, and to be fair, I haven't watched any of the DC ones either. I watched, like I said, 20 minutes of Suicide Squad. And I was oh, like, well, God. fuck, fuck this. And then I was like, uh, and then, well, I, I did watch Deadpool. I somehow ended up watching Deadpool. I am stunned. And uh, even though I don't think it's a good movie at all, it's okay. I enjoyed pieces of it. I enjoyed. I think it's what it should be. Like it's, yeah, you know. But it's it's exactly what it is, right? Which is almost a you know, Deadpool is a very self conscious kind of parody character, kind Um, of overbearing, but by design. Comics are way overblown. Comic book movies, so you're going to start to see the parodies and stuff. And even though they're not going anywhere for a while, I mean, these movies still make money, and they're going to for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't expect them to go anywhere until Star Wars starts churning out three movies a year. Which uh, we're there. They're they're, yeah, they're (laughs) revving up. They're having that heading that way, so chasing that uh, galactic paper, man. Yeah, that's right. But yeah, either way, not to get into a big Marvel discussion, but yeah, I just I, you know, still, I, I love Thanos. Thanos is one of my favorite baddies of all time. I mean, I just love him. But uh, yeah, we'll get to it. I mean, the good news is I've held off. You know, my son gets interested. You know, we'll be in there. My son's not really interested in superheroes at the point at this moment, though. He's interested in uh, right now basketball. So. Oh wow! I wonder. That's that's cool. Well, that's uh, wrestling to basketball to to football to basketball to wrestling. I mean, so he's kind of as he says he's a sports junkie like me, and I'm like, well, first of all, <laughs> I am a sports junkie, but not a full blown sports junkie. And, but uh, you're a man of many tastes. Yeah. So anyway, but that's the beauty in what you're doing, and not to turn this into the gentleman's guide to parenting, but that's what I love now is my kids can toggle between watching an '80s. Uh, action adventure film like what my younger son Braden said to me he goes dad you know my friend marcus is a great kid great kid he didn't say great kid he said he's he's great but (laughs) he has really bad taste in things he doesn't like old movies he doesn't like listening to music like michael jackson he doesn't like this (laughs) and he's never seen you know this and i said well hang on so that's what makes things great relationships great is you can introduce him to stuff and if he doesn't like it maybe he'll introduce you to something and he's like he doesn't like bruno mars and i don't know what's going on with him well, that's the beauty of friendships. You yeah. discover things through each yeah. other, right? So yeah. that's least, the cool thing that you're doing right now. At least man. he didn't throw out anything crazy. Like, hey, does, he's not into scat. He's not into he's this. Not, he's not into hammocks. And, uh, <laughs> you've whoa, been, you've been like, whoa. <laughs> man. What's this, what's this boy's name again? toothpaste ain't cutting it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Mr. Bubble, man. <laughs> Mr. Duty Bubble, more like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Woo. Oh man! I got a big laugh out of that because any parent will get a big laugh out of bubblegum toothpaste. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. Oh, that bullshit. Oh man. Anyway, um, back back on point. Okay. What else have you watched? Well, back on point here. I've watched toothpaste. End up all over my counter somehow. Speaking of toothpaste, but I'll get off that fucking tip right now. Um, here's what I watched with my kids, and my kids went bananas for. It, and we're going to be talking about it on the show at some point uh, because Arrow's done an incredible job with it and I couldn't wait because they were banging down the door to watch it Killer Clowns from Outer Space oh nice nice yeah man my kids are at that like you know I'm dropping like the blob and killer stuff like that on the Night of the Creeps and a few things like that just you know kind of sprinkling a few in here and there 
they went nuts for this film. It looks fantastic on blue. Um, I'll save everything else I want to say about it for when we talk about it on the show. Um, That's good. That's good. I like that. I've always liked Killer Clowns, kind of dead pound, dead, dead pound, dead, <laughs> Deadpool, uh, deadpan type of humor. There we go. Agreed. Agreed. It's it's got some really fun inventive sequences and. So I'll tell you how my brain works. I said deadpan. I had this image of a uh, a forest kind of the the pan character dressed as Deadpool in my head. That's amazing. <laughs> Was he shitting through a hammock? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's the way my brain works. <laughs> yeah, that raccoon tail hat, son. That's what we call him. Um, next up, we got back to Marvel. I would want to talk about this one too much because we've been on the Marvel tip. Watch Doctor Strange finally. Oh, yeah. Um, I all of us wanted to watch this. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet either. This seems like a bit of another Sammy one. Um, Todd, did you like this one? Uh, I did. I thought it was good. Yeah, I would say the it same. It didn't I think blow my mind, just like Black Panther. I mean, it didn't really blow my mind, but it was good. I think Black Panther is superior to this. This is good. Um, I would have liked to have seen this in the hands of someone like a Taika Waititi or someone with a more kind of um, far-out sensibility. It's seen, I can't remember who directed it now, but it seems like they took someone who... Scott, Derrick, like see, Scott Derrickson, maybe? Who's, who is that? I think he did The Day the Earth Stood Still. Yeah, the Keanu, that to me doesn't. The Keanu, me, I, the Keanu Reeves film, I believe. The Keanu Reeves. Oh film. man, me, that, me, that's your calling card, dude. Yeah, that. <laughs> you like, know, like he did something else. I'm gonna look it up while you're talking. So yeah, so this film, I think, if you had to like, put it in the hands of someone like a Taika someone like that, right? Who, who you know, maybe watched a lot of, um, you know, Twilight Zone and '70s kind of far out kind of stuff, like uh, Jodorowsky or Jodorowsky and. You know, stuff like that, and they threw little flourishes in. I would have been cool with that. But it's still good, and Cumberbatch is good. Um, and it's nice to see. I mean, you get Tilda Swinton. You get... Um, uh, Benedict Wong. Benedict Wong, Benedict Cumberbatch. Or, well, no. Uh, Hang on, Benedict. Um, I mean, two, two Benedicts, one film? How have, have yeah, I not watched Benedict. this? <laughs> <laughs> no, Benedict Wong. Um, <laughs> Woo! She. You get what's his name too? Our guy, uh, man, my memory's so dog shit. <laughs> his name was Terry in the film Black Belt. Bene- what job? Let's see what tell Edgy for. Yo, Benedict uh, Bubble. Benedict Edgy for. Benedict Bubblegum too. <laughs> Benedict Edgy for. Well played. Yeah, the Bubblegum son. Um, so he did. Uh, Scott Erickson. Derrickson did the Exorcism of Emily Rose and the Day the Earth Stood Still and Sinister. Sinister was a big hit. Oh, for him. well, no, he's a good filmmaker. Then Exorcism yeah. of Emily Rose was quality. Yeah, it was good. It was good. Yeah. You know, this, this is good, but I think it's some of the stuff's so far out, and from a technological standpoint, it just when the Earths are flipping on themselves and realities, it's. Kind of heady stuff. I don't no, know. It is Benedict Wong. Is it? Yeah. Two Benedicts, one film, son. <laughs> one cup. Yeah, yeah two one Benedicts, cup. one cup. I got to watch one this. One goblet, film. I think, in, in uh, you got Stephen Strange terms. Yeah. <laughs> one bejeweled goblet. Fancy it up. I got to say, just for the record, if it had been three Benedicts, I'm out. I can't handle three yeah, Benedicts in one That's too much Benedict. One Benedict, too one many. Yeah. Benedict, too far. <laughs> Man, Benedict, too deep. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Perforating uh, organs. Uh, oh, man. I've been a dick in the uh, past. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. <laughs> hey, oh. man. This is good. good to be back. I'm going to be too awake to go back to sleep. After I know. That, that, that's the problem. Yeah. 
Our gift is our curse. That was the thing I was thinking as we were doing this. Is I'm laughing, I'm getting my fucking juices flowing. Now I'm gonna not be able to go back to sleep. <laughs> I know. Fuck me, punch drunk. Um, I did uh, next up. Uh, I did one that I've seen, but I'd never sat down and watched it kind of start to finish. I'd seen half of it, then I'd caught parts of it, and I bought the blue. No, did I buy the Blu-ray? My mother-in-law. Um, God bless her. Did she buy me the Blu-ray? Nice. A couple of years ago, I've been sitting on it. Il Strapasso. Ah, oh. oh, okay. And let me tell all of you that are listening that have seen it, you know how good it is. If you haven't seen it, I cannot recommend you. You, you got to watch it quick. Like, get to it now. <laughs> it is just the quintessential Italian comedy. Yeah. It's don't, so good. Don't surpass Il Strapasso. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's just a joy to watch. It really, really is. Um, John uh, Jean Louis Trintignant is one of my favorite actors. He's and he's not even the star. Vittorio Gassman puts in, and this is like a bold statement, but one of my maybe my t- top ten favorite performances in a film. Now mm-hmm. he's just so. I mean, he. It's clear, very clear now, where Vince Vaughn gets his shtick from, and it's Vittorio Gassman in this. The energy that um, Gasman has, God, it's good. It's a good film. Um, so go watch it. Uh, next up, kids wanted to watch Spaceballs. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. I hadn't seen Spaceballs in years, man. In years. And uh, the kids really loved it. Um, I've forgotten uh, a couple things in the film. <laughs> yeah. you know. But there's some blue humor in there, yeah. There's some the blue humor and. What's the line about uh, how how many assholes are in the room? Or <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's that. It is the famous. Uh, she's went from suck to blow. Oh yeah, they didn't catch that one. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah. my wife and I snickered, and they didn't really catch that one. <laughs> but uh, it's so funny, man. It's nice to drop something like that on them. It's nice for them to kind of get some of the pop cultural references that are that they're riffing on. Um, it was it was a joy to watch. It totally was. Uh, then I wanted to drop something else on them, so we did, we watched Tremors. Um, yeah, Tremors was really fun, and they, they enjoyed it. Um, of course, the thing that always stands out for me with Tremors is the chemistry between the two wonderful leads, Bacon and Ward. Yeah, um, yeah, it's perfect. It's almost the perfect chemistry. Oh, it's fantastic! But the cast on the whole is really good. Yeah, it's it's Trimmers. Yeah, yeah. Trimmers is a great movie. I, I mean, I really, honestly, I'll I'll, I'll argue till I, death. It's great. Yeah. Now, yeah, I mean, everyone's fun in it. Michael Gross is fun in it. Um, uh, Reba McIntyre. Um, what's his name? Uh, I always I always go to call him Egg Shen. Benedict Wong. <laughs> no. Benedict Wong. I was gonna say Benedict. Victor, Victor Wong. Yeah. Victor Wong. Yeah. Brother of Benedict. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Victor's Wong's man, his uh, his photo that comes up on Google, he's wearing like some <laughs> some weird ass uh, headwear. Um, but uh, yeah, this is just a it's a fun, fun, fun film. Of course, the, the practical effects hold up really well. It's edited very smartly as far as not revealing too much with the creatures and stuff. It's a great setting, lends itself to sort of isolation. It's it's a lot of fun, man. Twenty eight um, years old that movie. That's that's insane. I know. That is, Saying uh, Michael Gross's character should be said in it, Burt Gummer. <laughs> it's a great name. <laughs> it's a great name. Uh, better technique. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, especially on uh, a piece of poo. 
Yeah. Oh, oh man. You don't want to gum it. You don't want to just chomp. If I remember right, there's a lot of great character names now. I believe Bacon's uh, first name is Valentine. It is. Yeah. Yep. It is. Yeah. And uh, Fred, Ward, is, uh, Fred Ward's character is Earl. God damn it, yeah. Earl. Yeah, I know. They're good. They're good together, man. It's it's a good one. Um, <clears throat> shot in California. I didn't know. I thought it was shot in Texas. But uh, yeah, so this, this is a fun one. And then the last one we watched... Well, I wouldn't say it's a great film. I think my kids being nine and seven are at an age when it could be its most effective. And we decided, my, this is my wife's choice, because it's actually a, a big favorite of hers. It was Remember the Titans. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this one, I, I didn't realize it was produced. It was a Disney studio film. Yeah. Um, this was a perfect age for my kids to watch it. You know, my kids play football. They play sports. Um, beyond the sports stuff, there's a lot of life stuff in here, and yeah, it's a real softball and it paints with a broad brush. And um, yeah, it's a true Disney it, movie in a lot of ways. It, it absolutely is. And as someone I was talking to said, it is very on the nose, but um, its heart's in the right place. And while they certainly rejig some of the facts um, and the chronology of things for dramatic effect, its heart is certainly in the right place. And its message is one that um, you can have a dialogue with your your kids about and. I said to my kids, this film opens up, it's 1971. And I said to my kids, I said, I can't believe this was eight years before dad was born. Like, this is insane. Um, but no, it was good. And uh, they enjoyed it. My son's starting to get into, my older son at least, and even my younger son, but my older son's starting to get into the, the, the whole sports film genre. He was watching one that Netflix had on Jesse Owens the other day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I was kind of, I, I got of impressed with because that's, you know, 1936, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was. Yeah, I think so. Thirty-six or don't don't, don't quote me on that. I'm not a. <laughs> I think so though. Uh, yeah, I want to say it was, and it, but it was. I'll tell you what was cool was he and I were talking about um, uh, Jesse Owens' importance and the pressures he was under uh, at those Olympics, and um, you know what he meant, and blah 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 blah. And uh, I'm see as I'm talking, I'm trying to find out. Um, it was 36, 1936's Brothers and Summer Games. So then I said to him about, uh, I said, you know, it was cool. I said, um, much later on, I said, there was a very important moment in American history, 1968, with uh, John Carlos and the, the, the Black Power Fist and Matat Matt and blah, blah, blah. So we're watching Remember the Titans, and one of the football players has the poster of those three on the podium, nice. or those two on the podium. Nice. So it's kind of cool, like two days later, you know, that was referenced in that film. Kind of a neat little thing. So anyway, that's probably my three weeks of film watching in a nutshell. And this has been a very silver and gold uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. introduction, man. This is what happens when you're away for a while. And yeah. oddly enough, it's me and you that went along this time. Todd didn't have a whole lot this time. <laughs> oh, man. Todd was like, guys, let's go. Yeah. Todd's over looking <laughs> at his, hot air. Looking at his watch over there like, guys, I got a hammock to build. I got a hammock calling my name. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're going to take and a... Sev- and several women already paid for it. Ooh. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> and <laughs> when we come back, we'll discuss uh, which one we want to talk about first. Go for it or yes, madame. Which one? Uh, go chronologically? Sure. We'll we can go do Go for it. Go, go for it on this we'll uh, after this it. break. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. When I drink, I say things I don't want to say. 
things I don't wanna do. I talk mean to you, but if I think I just might get something out of this. My parents taught me to learn when I miss. Just do your best. Just do your best. It's the only way to keep that last bit of sanity. Maybe I don't have to be good, but I can try to be at least a little better than I've been so far. All right, everybody, welcome back. So, our first review for this episode is Go For It, 1983, starring one Terrence Hill, one Bud Spencer, and maybe we'll get some impersonations from Sammy for their, uh, well, I would say dub voices. I know Terrence Hill, that's his real voice, I believe. But uh, I don't think uh, that's Bud Spencer's real voice. Bud Spencer always had this kind of gruff uh, New York kind of accent, and it uh, seems like when he was dubbed. I don't think that's him, as far as I know. He did have a loud, deep voice, but... They always dubbed that. I think that person uh, always dubbed him, and I like that dub. That's kind of... Yeah, it fits I kind of know that at his right. voice now. Yeah, it fits him perfectly, yeah. So this is uh, known also as... What is it? Uh <laughs> Do the Italian title here, uh, Nate con la Camicia. Oh. <laughs> oh man, that fucking Bulgarian title, that's a nightmare. Oh, I gotta get to that. This international film, so you got every country. <laughs> also known in the USA as Trinity Hits the Road. Um, like a lot of these uh, films. Jesus Christ, there's a lot of crazy titles in here. <laughs> Spanish see, Which one did you say, the Romanian one? Oh, yeah, Bulgarian one. You can't even read that, man. Come on. If you can read Bulgarian, you're a bigger man than me. Man, the Czech one, the Czech one is um, yeah, simplistically complicated. Just, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just the first word is like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's the road bump, man. Oh, the, fin- the Finnish title. Antahita. Antahita. <laughs> Yeah, or even or even the DVD menu titles. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, this is uh so in the eighties, uh, Italian film industry ended up in Miami a lot, and uh, I don't know if it was some kind of tax cut they were getting or whatnot, but man, they love to do these touristy Miami Beach films. Uh, we've, oh yeah, we've covered a couple of them. Um, uh, this one's actually shot in a famous hotel. I, thought, I believe they shot Scarface in the same hotel. Believe it or not. Uh, boy, there's a big difference between Scarface and this movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, okay, so I'll give you the basic plot synopsis and we'll get into it here. Uh, two men meet each other in a strange situation and end up being mistaken for robbers first and for secret service agents later. Uh, like I may have said, directed by Enzo Barboni, written by Marco Barboni, um, maybe under Enzo's uh, pseudonym, which was uh, E.B. Clutcher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Which, uh, it's weird, because uh, Marco, yeah, he, he also is known as Marco Tulio. Marco Tulio Barboni. Marco Tulio. Uh, not Marco Polo. But, uh, yeah, Terrence Hill, Bud Spencer, we're kind of going back in time here for us. Uh, 
Episode one. Episode one, yeah. So I'm curious. Has it really been that long since? The, oh no, Super Troopers. We had uh, Hill on, right? Yeah. Well, we had Super Super Cop. Super Cop. Or super Cop. Yeah. Super Trooper. Super, super cop, super, super fuzz. fuzz, super fuzz. Jesus Christ! Fuck, there we go. Super snooper. Yeah. Super yeah. Every time you hear that, that little ring, super snooper. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the uh, it's been a while since they've been on. Well, it's been since episode one since they both been on. Uh, Bud Spencer's been on. Uh, we did him in a reason to live, a reason to die, and uh, maybe something else. We did that one. Was that the the. Uh western we did yeah with telly savalas yes 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 yeah so he's been on that was what i was yeah. thinking of there's a lot of bud spencer <laughs> movies out there i mean there's a whole there's a whole cachet of stuff or he's got an aladdin movie out there he's got all kinds of stuff how have we not done any flat foot that's what i was just gonna say flat foot movies yeah we haven't done the flat foot satellite kid yeah satellite, satellite kid we haven't done there's a lot of them out there i mean we just haven't done and he was kind of you know these guys uh to kind of get into it before we start talking about it i mean these guys were making basically kind of uh, kids movies in a way with some adult themes but mostly they were just kind of happy-go-lucky films and i think you you get that in this right i mean this is a very happy-go-lucky kind of road movie essentially a, well, a bing crosby yeah. type thing you well, know i was gonna say hill, hill and spencer movies uh, by and large they exist in like a burt reynolds kind Dude, of mold. you yeah. took the words out of my mouth exactly <laughs> yeah yeah they, they have like some poppy country music and pretty much everything's a lark and they you know they play on that whole trucker cb culture kind of thing at the time yeah yeah and this one especially because this one does have the trucker um uh, kind of subplot to it uh and you know, just some other strange things. But I don't know. Who wants to take the lead on this? I I just kind of threw it out there. You guys were game. Who wants to talk about it first here? Anybody? Anybody? Um, I guess I can if uh, there's no takers. If there's no... Uh... Uh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Let's see here. Okay, so go for it. So yeah, Bud and Terrence. I, I got to tell you guys, I don't know if I've admitted this, but... Um, I have a tattoo, an older tattoo of mine that I'm looking to get kind of covered up, and I've been really dreaming. I told my wife this last night and my kids. I think I want, I really, and this has been my idea for, I want to get the button, a uh, Terrence tattoo, man, to cover that up. Yeah. I really want to get it. Like the thumbs up from, uh, yeah. what's the one they wear the white suits? That's yeah. what I want to get. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I might get that. My wife's like, I said, she goes, it's probably that, isn't it? She saw the picture and she's like, yeah, that's the one. But anyway, great to have them on the show. Like you guys had already referenced. This was a whole run of films that I've been looking to show my kids because they do feel very like they're kind of a nice transition from um, kids films to kind of more adulty fare. Um, Burt Reynolds is exactly what I always think of when I think of these films. Mm -hmm. um, we should say, too, Hill and Spencer had the great fortune of, well, at least uh, Hill did. To some degree, you know, the VHS boom, right? So they could, um, a lot of their films could be slid around the world because they looked kind of, they could look American and they very much try to American them up in this. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, St. Louis Cardinals hats and Red Sox hats. and Yeah, he has a, it seems like he has, he breaks out another hat every time you turn around this film. Well, yeah, he does. Spencer has the kiss me on black hat. Dude. <laughs> I never, I'd have seen this film before. I never noticed that until this time, and I fucking loved it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, kiss me, I'm black. Yeah. And I, I love the uh, that character actor, David Huddleston, says, Kiss me, I'm black. Great disguise. Great yeah. disguise. <laughs> well, he was yeah. the other Lebowski, so. Yeah, he was yeah, the other Lebowski. That's right, man. Great character actor, that's that right. guy. 
He is. He is. Um, so, yeah, this one uh, I was kind of looking forward to. It. It's funny that our two films are both kind of buddy films, right? They're very like GGTMC buddy films. This one um, with the two male buddies and the other one with two female buddies are like. So it's kind of cool that it worked out that way this week, programming-wise. And we get maybe the two greatest um, big dudes in GGTMC, most loved big dudes in GGTMC, with Samuel Hung and Bud Spencer uh, on this yeah. week's episode. I didn't think of that. Yeah. It's a shame that Bud Spencer and Samuel Hung never made an East Meets. Like they, they, they never did it like a Yes, Madam style buddy cop movie. Yeah, that would have been good. Oh, man, that would have been a dream project. Um, but I digress. Um, so, oh, one of my kids is up and it's six thirty. Um, so the film opens and it's very much playing on sort of the um, the trends of the time, like uh, Terrence Hill's roller skating down the highway or like down the road, basically, in his yeah. Nike roller skates. Yeah. And uh, you know he's looking to be picked up. And I want to say this: the same plot, like with. Hill being the hitchhiker, as they've gone to this well a few times. Yeah, I think they did the same thing in uh, Odds and Evens, yes. at least. Yeah, um, exactly. And also, you know, when they when they get to that diner, I'm pretty sure that's the same diner that they meet in in all of their movies, in all <laughs> yeah. their U- U.S. Florida made movies. <laughs> yeah, I would so It's the so. same diner that they that they hook up in. I think so. I think it is because it looks very familiar. Well, to they me probably well. just shot them all back to back, and then they just changed costumes. They knew they were doing five films, and we can do a generic scene that can fit in any film, and we yeah. won't use names. And yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. Um, and I think too, almost like as an Easter egg, Terrence Hill is eating beans. Yeah, yeah, he tends which... to eat beans a lot in his films. Uh... Now it's. Probably a good thing that Spencer doesn't eat a lot of beans on yeah. screen. He usually eats the hair. He usually does the hamburgers and the. Uh, he does the. Oh yeah. Yeah, and all that stuff, and uh, they they always mention his size. <laughs> now, for all all, let's be honest. Uh, Bud Spencer's a big man, a large yeah. man, but uh, he's only I would consider uh, quote unquote fat compared to somebody like Terrence Hill. Uh, he's just like he's kind of more built like a barrel, really. He's he, he's a guy, just a husky dude. Yeah, he's just a big husky dude. And even in his youth, we've posted some pictures in the past of him and his swimming uh, past and all that kind of stuff. He he uh, he was uh, more svelte, obviously, but uh, he's always kind of been a big man. And you know, they they play on that really hard though. The fat and skinny, they've always done that. That's a broad comedy trick, right? So. Well, Laurel and Hardy, the, blah, blah, blah. You know. Laurel and Hardy, exactly. I was going to say, one of the, the two things that our two films this week have in common, or at least the the film industries, um, with Golden Harvest films, or, um, well, not just the Golden Harvest stuff, but a lot of the Hong Kong stuff, and then some of the, like this series of films specifically, is they really do play on that visual kind of difference. And also, um, they both hearken to like, yeah, the, the, the comedy duos and you can look at Burt Reynolds and how he was influenced by the comedians of the earlier days and stuff. So yeah, they definitely play on that, um, uh, that sort of variety of, you know, the big kind of brawny dark haired dude and the kind of slim, you know, boyish, the good looking light haired guy. Right. So, um, we get this, of course, the setup for this is, you know, that could become sort of a barroom brawl, which I don't think you get a, a Hill and Spencer film without a few brawls yeah, and without a few uh, Spencer haymakers and slaps and yeah. a lot of slaps <laughs> overhead smashes on the top of the head. And I got to wonder if, and I may have said this before, but if, uh, 
<laughs> Spencer was like the one of the inspirations for uh, Hagar in Final Fight, man. Yeah. His fighting style is very Hagar. Yeah, he's kind of like a mix between him and uh, Murley. Yes. Hagar. Yes. Yeah, he totally is. Um, uh, the great oh, sound man. effect, or the great punch sound effect, which is overbearing in the early 80s films. Well, big time. <laughs> big time. Um and we even get like a smoky reference with the car going down the road and the, the cops off to the side where the hat blows off. And, you know, it's uh, and, I, and I never knew, too, that John Holmes was on highway patrol in, Cal- in Florida at the time. I was going to say the Warren Oates Jr. Club. Yeah, yeah, he totally is, man. He totally is. Um, one of the great kind of visual kind of gags or scenes and sequences in the film takes place in uh, in the airport. Yeah. <laughs> It's just so ridiculous. It's you do you know the cops are trying to bust these guys, and um, of course some asshole shaving in the washroom. And he's got the most shaving cream on his face of anyone who's ever shaved. <laughs> yeah, who needs to use that much shaving cream? <laughs> Man, that's a lot of shaving. Also, who cream. doesn't lock the door when they're taking a shit? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> well, maybe, they might have been defective. In fairness, yeah. McAfee doesn't lock the door when he's taking. <laughs> no. Well, maybe he leaves he... it up wide open. <laughs> Yeah. And he stares at you in the uh, mirror. It's true, oh, Lord. It's true, but that, that must have been that must have been the smelliest SWAT fucking uh, <laughs> operation ever. Oh man, I'll tell you that scene is is very great. It's very Italian. It's great. It's very Italian. Um, it does produce one of my favorite GGTMC film lines of all time, though, which is "Put your hands up and keep your pants down." Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is pretty amazing. Guy comes in with no, and you know, it's just everything kitchen sinky over the top, more for visual, uh, like sort of visual gain, anything. But a dude comes in the fucking bust with a bazooka in a washroom. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad move, man. That's a bad move. But uh, so he comes in, uh, and as is the setup at at least a couple other uh, Hill and Spencer films, there's sort of mistaken identity, right? Yeah. Um, was it Double Trouble? Uh, that scene, I, I can't remember how many, but a lot of their films tend to be that way. They tend to be, you know, these couple of guys who kind of happen into a situation, almost sitcom right? Well, they, yeah, they're, they're kind of the definition of uh, bumbling. Yeah. Oh, big time. Big time. And it, it allows, see, it gives them a real nice sandbox to play with. And this one does. It, it's, it's fun, again, very kitchen sinky because you, you get that scene where they they're given all these supposed skills they have and you're going to have a, a diners club card, an American express card, a playboy card, you know, this card, that card, you're going to have this and you're going to have that. And it's, uh, it gives them a real sandbox. And then you get, of course you get all the gadgets sort of very Maxwell smarty, um, which is fun, right? I mean, you know, with a film like this, if you can get inventive and turn a shoe into a shoe phone and yeah, well, but they don't really, they don't really <laughs> use any of that stuff like on purpose. No, no, they don't. It's just more it adds a bit of um, production value, quote unquote, with mm-hmm. you know talking about some of it. The cherry bomb from the the spy later on, and you know it's uh, it's fun stuff. Um, you mentioned Sammy, uh, Sammy, Sammy. You mentioned Miami, but yeah, a lot of the films were shot in Miami at the time, of course. Value and like I think VHS. they had a deal because I believe these guys did like uh, like you guys were talking about. I think they did like five films in Miami, and Super Snooper or Super Fuzz was one of those, but. Uh, Spencer wasn't in that. That was a Terrence Hill only vehicle. But Crime Busters, though. Yeah, Crime Busters was shot there. Um, what was the other one? Miami Super Cops. That was shot there. I think so. I think 
obviously. Go for it. Uh, and, uh, go for it. Uh, double trouble. I don't know if they actually shot in Brazil or they shot in Florida. Then of to course, be honest, you know, but... we did Raiders of Atlantis, which was shot in Miami. Yeah, and then um, oh, oh, um, all the Daniel Green jams. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. that was Cut and run. Out. Yep. Hammerhead. Yeah. So they Cut had, and run. There must have been, like I said, some kind of tax, well, cocaine money, first of all, but there must have been some kind of tax break for them to come over and shoot uh, shoot the films here. Oh, big time! And they always big manage time. to get like you know. Every one of these films, the only reason why I bring it up is every one of those films has aerial shots in Miami. Like they always, <laughs> they always <laughs> they manage do. to shoot some hotel or some tourist the coastline, attraction. right? Yeah. Yeah. And they do it in this, in this one, they do it with uh, Bud Spencer all of a sudden knowing how to fly a helicopter. <laughs> Which is amazing. And that's why, yeah, it does very much. It almost feels like, like an edgy, like Disney film from the perspective of, you know, like you'd get some of the, the Kurt Russell ones, like, you know. It almost feels like it could kind of be on the fringes of that. It's it's fun. It's playful. It's relatively innocent. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's pretty innocent. Know, the, I mean, there's a few bits and pieces here. A little bit here. innuendo and yeah. stuff. Um, have, you know, I was looking up one of the great names as an aside in the film. One of the actors named Dan Rambo. Yeah. <laughs> now, when you look up Dan Rambo, you know how Google says people also search for? Yeah. So one of the two, and I know we've mentioned this name on the show because we wouldn't be caught sleeping without mentioning it. One of the two people that gets searched for when people look up Dan Rambo is Peter Boners with a Z, <laughs> with a Z on the end of his name. Yes. And I'm not too mature to not snicker at that. Yes. <laughs> what an amazing last name. <laughs> oh, man, Peter Boners and Enzo Barboni. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's fun how these guys are given carte blanche. And it's it's almost like... Mel Brooksian to speak of him in some ways like these two undercover spies are given the most attention drawing car (laughs) six horns bull horns it's you know I mean it's just this ridiculous parody of Americana yeah those are some serious fucking bull horns those are biggest bull horns in the history of cinema yes (laughs) they might very well be man (laughs) they're up there um, a lot of Hill and Spencer's comedy comes from that kind of stuff, though. It comes from, intentionally or not, even for the time, it comes from the costuming and some of the ridiculousness. Like this one has, we've seen that famous uh, screenshot uh, put on our Facebook group and other places before of the long straw and the big margarita or daiquiri. Oh, God, it's so incredible. When he's shooting pool with a leather members only jacket on. <laughs> yes, it's so amazing. I got to say, That's though, like man, fish I've been to Miami. Uh, mm-hmm. Miami's fucking hot, and uh, everybody in this, a lot of people in this, are wearing jackets and shit. Man, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they shot it in like January or something. Fuck, I don't know. Even then, it's pretty fucking warm. So it is pretty warm. So I don't know, but either way, I mean, uh, Hill walks around most of the movie with a flannel shirt on. He does. <laughs> fuck that. Not in Miami. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> no, I know it's crazy. You'd think uh, it's funny. There's a few scenes where I was expecting to see. Uh, Spencer really sweaty. He did. He was. He was pretty cool under the collar, considering his size and how much he moved in films. Yep. Yep. He was uh, not very Ron Jeremy esque in terms of his uh, <laughs> sweating. We don't want, um, we don't get, want that. One thing we're treated to in this is some eighties long butt. <laughs> oh yeah, the bartender. <laughs> the bartender, man. Yeah. The cherry bomb. When she starts running, though, man, she hauls ass. Literally, she does so us. Yeah. She does, and then that's when we get sort of the the Miami um, <laughs> yeah. tourist production value with the jet ski, the parasailing, the boat chase. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the Italian way. Like 
they figured we can stay at this hotel and they have these amenities for tourists. We're going to take them for a day and use them in our film. That jet ski reminds me of like the Intellivision version of a jet ski. It's like it the, totally does. It's like so old school, man. It's like, like it doesn't even yeah. look like it'd be easy to move around in that thing. But whatever. No. Who who would who tries to get away on a parasail? <laughs> I don't know. It looked like Wait, that was part the of the fuck? game plan. <laughs> Hill and Spencer yeah. villains. But I, it, it, uh, I... yeah, it doesn't quite uh, stack up. It's, man. it's just one of those things. It's just it it stands out because you're just like, that's not how I would do that. How about the fact that they couldn't get four Chinese dudes to be kung fu assassins? So they get one white dude and they give him this fucking ridiculous haircut. <laughs> um, yeah, that scene, it's, it's, it's kind of funny, kind of ridiculous. Um, Hill gets to whip ass. Um, or Spencer, I mean, gets to whip ass, which is fun. Because um, we do get to see what I would say, probably without question, is the worst martial arts weapon artistry in the history of cinema. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but Spencer also, he continues rocking the members only in the face of Kung Fu. He does. Fu. In he the does. face of Kung Fu. Yep. He doesn't, uh, he, he doesn't uh, bolo young it. Uh-uh. Take his fucking jacket off. And make them tits dance. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, man. <laughs> um, how about this? Both films this week, of course, go figure, to perpetuate the big boy myth, Samo and uh, but both when they see a big bird a big tasty bird they start chowing down on screen yeah. <laughs> yeah. which is amazing um we get those four <laughs> they, the four assassins we get quadruple canadian tuxedos for maybe the first time in our show's history yeah possibly yeah that's a rare four canadian tuxedos on screen at one time <laughs> i mean that's did, pretty amazing how did the film not melt in the camera I don't know, man. I don't know. That's pretty majestic. <laughs> we do get one of the great um, villain to henchman lines. It's in the, it's in the like the villain henchman line Hall of Fame. We've mentioned it on the show before. Um, K one, speaking of big dudes, uh, says after them, you fools, <laughs> which is great. Um, what else do we got here? Yo, you know who I haven't mentioned yet is what's her name, man? Um, oh, what's her name? She was in a. She was uh, like seven feet tall, basically. Oh, the Rose Faith, uh, Faith, uh, Faith uh, something. Faith Hinton or something. Yeah, something like that. Faith Hinton. She did wrestling and she did this and she did that. I wanted to see Spencer in her tussle. Yeah, yeah, right. They only gave him like a few seconds on screen to kind of. Yeah, yeah. It would have been. It would have been great. She was a uh, the. Uh, I can't remember which movie it was, but she was a Klingon in one of the Star Trek movies. Oh, yeah. uh, was it? Uh... Uh, 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 undiscovered country. Yeah, it may have been that one. Yeah, she like, she's kind of a sexy Klingon. If there could be something. Well, yeah. yeah. I had to do a Sammy search, man. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna lie either. I, of course, I of course did one. It's hey, funny. as soon as you said the Klingon, I knew you did the same search. I did. <laughs> delved delved into a world of Klingon porn after that. So. Yeah, that's that's a dark hole. Man. Klingon shitting in hammocks. So, yeah, that is a dark thing on uh, war. Uh, <laughs> that's a dark hole. War weaponry, man. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that Klingon hole has ridges in it there. <laughs> Ribbed for his pleasure. Hey, man. got to hang a fang on that. Yeah. <laughs> I've been watching some Star Trek lately. I've been joking around with my son in Klingon. <laughs> it, is, it is certainly not one of the languages of love. No, it's no. not. 
Um, how about those I Love K1 shirts? Maybe the most absurdly dressed hitmen in the history of cinema. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> just like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have support for your your boss, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've what heard purpose did it? I've heard of team building <laughs> exercises, but <laughs> never do you sport the bad guy's name or whatever on your <laughs> on your, your white jeans. <laughs> oh man! And what was the point of those masks on the fucking ship? I have no idea. <laughs> sometimes when you sometimes when you get on a ship, you just gotta throw a mask on. I guess I don't know. Oh god! Other than we've to all get, been there again, we've Miami, there. not the kind of place for masks. <laughs> No, Hot. no, it's not. It's not at all, man. I only get a couple more lines, but uh, um, K1 fucking loves flea market gold. <laughs> I mean, that dude's all, he's got like, he's got two rings on every finger, man. That shit's probably all brass. Yeah. He almost looks like a, like Wenzel Barboni and I'm like, let's make him like, uh, the, like kind of the rumors of what Marlon Brando probably dressed like. <laughs> let's make him, yeah, let's make him like Marlon Brando by way of Wolfman Jack. I can't believe you guys said, because I was thinking the same thing, like, this is very Marlon Brando-y. <laughs> He's got like a moo-moo, got like a moo-moo on and fucking, yeah. <laughs> just walking yeah. There's some pictures out there of uh, Marlon Brando on his uh, Polynesian Island that are very similar to K1. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Buffy D, that uh, that he was a drummer, I guess. Oh, K one uh, was K one. Yeah, he was a drummer, a character actor. He had yeah. polio when he was a child. Did he? Yeah. So he recovered, uh, slight limp. Um, I'm trying to see what band he was in, but uh, he uh, and he was a nightclub owner too, I guess. Huh. So maybe he was like a Miami guy. Might have been. Might have been. Right, because yeah. there's a, a lot of Italians ended up in Miami. Still. Uh, Still a lot of Italians in Miami that I know of. Yeah, there's a lot down in Florida. Greek, like Greeks in Florida, too. So, Yeah, that's all I got on uh, this jam. Nice. Uh, Todd, you got anything? Uh, a couple things. Um, let's see here. Uh, when they're in the... Uh when they're in the choke and puke, uh, the one trucker says that he doesn't give a frog's fanny about the rules. <laughs> That's, Which I love that. Yeah, you're really laying down the law when you say frog's I know, fanny. right? That's that tough trucker talk. Frog's fanny. It's gritty. Did you guys um, know that, uh, I was just looking through the credits here, that Joey Silvera was in this film at some point? Oh, man, how did I miss that? <laughs> yeah. He must have, you might have been under one of the hoods. I saw one of his Baby Set My Ass 3. That came out you know, five years <laughs> nice. ago. Nice. Along with Alien Ass Party 2. Alien, that's amazing. He's got a lot of ass films. He sure does. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun to go through a porn. Uh, porn. One thousand and sixty-one credits, Joey Silvera. Prolific, <laughs> to say the wow. least. That's a lot. That's unbelievable. That is. Um, <laughs> I love how the I love how they kind of in these uh, in the Bud Spencer Hill movies, uh, they always have like those little mumbled asides going on. Um, oh, yes. It's like Popeye cartoons. You know, if Popeye and Bluto teamed up is kind of how you think of it. And uh, the, the other thing going on along with that is that I love the, some of the background business going on in this movie that just kind of, if you're not paying attention, it just whizzes by. But it's it's actually pretty funny. Like there's the uh, when they're when they're having their kung fu fight down in the um, in the uh, kitchen in the hotel. And uh, there's the blind chef with the tray of champagne glasses just oh, kind of walking through. Like, I love the, I love those little I love yeah it's just a, it's a tiny little thing but it actually you know it's a little more 
it's a little more uh, subtle than you might normally expect from something like this while being kind of also pretty blatant. It, it shows a little more care than you would maybe stop. Like, yeah, it, it shows I, I, well, care. I, I was hesitating to use the word sophisticated, but uh, but it, it's along that line. Um, and I, you know, I really, I really kind of like that stuff. Yeah. Um, Not sophisticated. Joey Silvera's film, Carlos Carlitos Backway. So nice, <laughs> nice. Gotta get that out there. Sorry. <laughs> Be careful. Is this film readily available? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll check. We'll check Google after the show. Go get go to that incognito tab. Yeah. Um, man. <laughs> uh, God bless the guy who invented those. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, get, you get the the philosopher sanitation worker who says that the whole world is a toilet man. <laughs> Yeah. When yeah. they're at the uh, airport, yeah. the whole world's a toilet, man. It's yeah. like, oh, you're the best. <laughs> um, let's see here. They get the that CIA Spanish fly, which oh. uh, you know naturally Aero the first Spice? time. Yeah, the nat- naturally the first time that they use it, it goes sideways for Spencer. <laughs> no, I know, man. <laughs> I, I love that Hill's like, well, I don't need it. He needs it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although you got you, know, you the argument could be made that uh, you know I don't think either one of them uh, really needed it personally. Or, no, I agree. I hit Bud is a very charming big man. Oh yeah. Um, what else here? Uh, do, do, do. It uh, oh the, this has one of those wacky scores that's uh, like as Caribbean as it is cheap. Oh yes. With like the uh, the, the the shitty synth and like just do 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 that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> To, 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 uh, and the, you know, the, essentially, this is just the, the kind of movie where it just keeps throwing shit at the wall. Uh, and for me, at least, most of it sticks. Um, you, like, oh, like that the, that hamburger interrogation technique, the ha- hamburger interrogation technique. Yeah. When they oh, go to the God. guy, and they make his hand up like he's going to eat it. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. And of course, K One's <laughs> plan is only a little more nuts than a, a 007 villains, which oh, it's I obviously know. an emulation of. Yeah. Um, We're gonna get but, rid of know, all the numbers. Yeah. Right. It's like what? <laughs> it's like what the fuck? <laughs> and what do you? Then money's useless because it has no numbers. Then, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. am I wrong about that? Yeah. But, that's, uh, that's the plan. Um. Uh, so for uh, but for how laconic uh, Spencer tends to be, he does have a certain energy that matches Hill's uh, more spunky personality. Uh, and the way that I think of the two of them together is, uh, you know, you could say spaghetti and meatballs, but I think of Rick Jones and the Hulk, kind of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's nice. Because you get the one who's kind of like the the rock and roll kind of fancy pants guy, and the other guy who's just kind of like, oh, leave me alone, leave me the hell alone. Yeah. Uh, and that's really that's the that's the summation of it, and that's the summation of the movie. It is fun. Um, it, it's I mean, these these things are very much comfort food. Uh, they yes. don't really ask a lot of you. Well, they don't ask anything of you, uh, but they do uh, they do provide uh, a hell of a lot of entertainment, not only intentionally but unintentionally. So, yes, yes. Uh, that's about all I got on this one. Yeah, there's not. A, I mean, as much as I love these films, obviously, there's always not a lot of talk about them critically. As much as right. it's just talking about. Obviously, how much fun Hill and Spencer are having, or at least that's perce- perception I get. I think they made eighteen or twenty films together. Um, I think they didn't really have a huge hit. I think until Trinity, and that kind of became the Spencer and Hill you know and love. 
I think before that, I think they did a few, but I think they were uh, legitimate spaghetti westerns because Hill started out as, as we've said before in the past, kind of a uh, a riff on Nero because Nero went to America to make some movies and they needed a, in true Italian fashion, <laughs> not only were they ripping off American movies, they were ripping off themselves with actors that looked like their other actors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> he obviously in his youth, uh, or even, even in his older years, uh, he's got a uh, very strong jawline, very similar to uh, Franco Nero. Um, much more laid back acting style, obviously. And I think, uh, the f- comedy stuff he did, it seemed like that was more where his wheelhouse was kind of easygoing. He seems yeah, to be, absolutely. I don't think, I don't think he was ever really, I, I don't personally think that he was ever really suited to be an action guy. Yeah. I mean, he could handle physical stuff. Yeah. I, I think more, so, well, uh, the one comedic. we did, the, the one we did, I think was Django prepare coffin. I think it's the one we did that arrow actually mm-hmm. put out. Um, he's good in that one. Um, but yeah. that was, that was early. Earlier in his career, earlier in her, earlier in his career, <laughs> earlier in her, uh, and uh, you know he's fine because he doesn't speak a lot in that and stuff, and he's got the five o'clock shadow, and they light him just right, and he's got great eyes. He's again, he looks very much like Nero in some way, especially if you go back and look at the old films. And um, I think you know once he gets comfortable on screen, though, he has a natural charm, and that seems to be at least from my experience with seeing interviews with him and stuff. It seems to be that uh, that's more his personality, kind of this laid-back, kind of charming, nice man. That's what it seems like. Him and Bud Spencer, I don't think I've ever read an ill story about either one of the guys. They would bump me out if I read that. They seem to genuinely... Yeah, they seem to be generally nice people who just kind of yeah. happened into this career and, and had a good time doing it, you know? I mean, you and mean, a good time together, which yeah. makes me equally happy. Yeah, and they always had a lot of appreciation for each other. There's a lot of videos out there of... Uh, I think Spencer was before he passed away. I think he uh, was celebrated at some award show, or whatever. And Hill was there saying some really nice words about him. And they seemed to have really loved each other, uh, you know, as brothers. So mm-hmm. it kind of comes through in the films. To get back to the movie in general, yeah, I mean, it's it's a very simple, you know, meet cute uh, silliness. Uh, <laughs> there's no way around it. I did love the bar scene. Uh, I love it quite a bit. Uh, it's again, it's a simple and. And basically stupid in a lot of ways, but I, I love the kind of stupid innocence of it. And they always had this kind of charm to them of, you know, Hill's always willing to kind of walk into whatever bad situation, and Spencer's always trying to uh, kind of keep him out of them, but uh, they still kind of walk into him anyway. And I've always kind of liked that dynamic. <clears throat> I grew up watching the Laurel and Hardy short films, so I've always liked the buddy films, and I've always liked that dynamic of one of them being kind of smarter than the other, and Mm-hmm. How they still love each other, regardless, you know, of of the, <laughs> the lack of brains of one or the lack of, uh, um, I don't know, willfulness of the other. Uh, one of them's always a bit cranky, the other one's always a bit, you know, gleeful. It just works, mm-hmm. right? It just works. And um, this e- film, easy charm. <clears throat> yeah, sorry, my voice is getting all froggy. Um, this one uh, works. I don't like this one as much as I like some of the other ones. This was. I believe this was uh, second to last or maybe third to last. I could probably look it up, but I still got my, unfortunately, I still got my Joey Silvara page up here. (laughs) (laughs) Or or, or fortunately. He made a film, he made a whole bunch of movies in the Service Animal series. Ooh, stay away from that one. (laughs) Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Todd, better better get that uh, incognito tab, double incognito. Yeah, I don't know. It's the Service Animals 22, Service Animals 23. I don't know. I don't know if I want to know. Um, <laughs> oh, my. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, it might just be a play on words. Let's hope. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that poor. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Anyway. Um. Yeah. The car's great. That's a GGTMC classic, say the least. I mean, I've oh, always yeah. kind of pictured us uh, riding around in the '78 Firebird from uh, Smokey and the Bandit, but uh, I take the. Yeah. The Lincoln Continental with uh, 55 bullhorns and literal bullhorns on the front. and some, Oh, yeah. She shoots some oil slicks out for some... Uh, <laughs> some Sounds glue. And, uh, yeah, some glue that literally <laughs> tails the tires right off of a car. <laughs> Never seen that before. <laughs> I wish there was more gags like that. I guess if there's one problem for me with the film is some of the gags really work. Um, the fight scenes are fine. They're always good because the... Yeah. Ooh, alarm for something. <laughs> yeah. The Hill and Spencer fights thing. are always, you know, over the top. They're always haymakers, loud punches. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hill always, his character, for such a gleeful, kind of charming, kind of innocent character, he always packs a hell of a wallop. You know, he, he like, he's not afraid of violence. Like, he always punches the fuck out of people. And then, of course, Spencer, known for his uh, punches and his, uh, you know, on the top of the head hits and all that kind of stuff. But I guess if there was anything, I'd, I wish there was a little bit more of those sight gags. Because I think they have great reactionary shots, especially Spencer. Spencer's really great at reactionary stuff, like yes. looks looks of shock and stuff. He'll open his eyes up a little bit because he's kind of got those squinty eyes. So he opens those mm-hmm. eyes up a little bit. I always get a bit of a chuckle from that. But yeah, their their hotel room is something else. Uh, <laughs> oh man, man, the cocaine eighties really were something, weren't they? <laughs> like, Big time, <clears throat> both fashion wise and uh, home design wise, and. And everything, yeah. But I've, I've uh, you know, the Basset Hound. I felt almost sorry for the Basset Hound at one point. K one uh, with the ear. Yeah, he bends the ear a little bit. Of course, it's a sound effect. You can, you know, yeah. Obviously, you're not really hurting the dog. The dog's kind of looking up at him like, "Hey, man, what's going on?" But yeah. you know, the sound effect doesn't help. But it always remind you know when I was watching that, I was thinking K one reminded me of Doctor Claw from Inspector Gadget. Exactly. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, it always remind. You know, I always like the movies with the bad guys. Like you know, he has a fancy phone or. You know, he uh, he wears a mysterious black glove or, you know, yeah. speaks Dr. off camera Grom, and talks like humongous off camera. I need you to get to those guys. <laughs> <laughs> you got to get that going. But, yeah, it's funny. But, yeah, Spencer's, uh, uh, he actually is dubbed in the film. I was looking at it by through here. But he does sound a lot like this character uh, in real life. I've seen interviews with him speaking Italian and English. And he, he does kind of have an easygoing kind of vernacular, kind of laid back way of speaking, kind of like this. I won't. I won't tell if you won't. You know, kind of a straight, yeah, yeah, laid back way. And of course, Spencer, like we said, is always kind of yeah, rah, rah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Rah. And always, there's always a bit of me that reminds Spencer and and uh, Paul Smith, the uh, the big character. Yes. They're always. I always wish those two guys would have done like a, a brothers film. <laughs> oh man, those two. But you know, again, I'll take all the Spencer and Hill I can get. Um, their films are silly. I agree, but uh, silly in the way that maybe eating, I don't know, peppermint all day long is or something. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, just obviously there's no nutrition value, but I, I like peppermint candy, so it's kind of fun to just to throw them in every now and then and suck on some peppermint like Joey Savara yeah. in Service Animals 23. Service Animals <laughs> Directed by Todd Taffy. <laughs> Starring Todd Taffy. <laughs> I don't so. know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah. You're still having you're still having issues with the service animal series. I don't know. It just hey, it's dicey, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't know what they are, but 
<clears throat> if anything from the show, people will be Googling service animals 23. Yeah. <laughs> like we saw an uptick in service animals 23 uh, Google searches. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> we thought the series was dead. We're going to have to bring it back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add. I, I like a lot of the films. Uh, I watched one of theirs. This is the first time I watched one since All the Way Boys, uh, which was uh, kind of a parody one. Um, they're fun. They're, there's not as much. The gangs in this one are pretty fun, but they're not as fun as they are in some of the other ones. They get really ridiculous in some of their films. I mean, <laughs> some of the gangs they fight. I mean, it's fuck. You don't even know where the hell they get these costumes from. Even by Italian standards, they're fucking out there. But uh yeah, this one's uh, this one's good. It was a good time. Uh, if if I had a complaint, I guess it's that it is a little long in the tooth. Uh, yes, that's I, my I know, only. Uh, I know I say that often. I know I say that. Yeah, often, well, but... it's it's because it's it's you know it drags the idiot plot out a little bit too. Yeah, a little bit beyond its uh, its stretching point. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I don't have anything else. Who wants to? Oh, I guess it's Will. I reckon the MVTs make or breaks score. Yeah, man. Uh, make or break scene. I guess I'm going to go with the... F- there's just, you know, a lot of the... What do you go with? I don't think there's a, a crown jewel scene. I think they have a formula. They stick with it. They have fun with it. They go to that well often, I guess. Um, probably... I guess the sequence that kind of encapsulates what they do, especially during this whole Miami period, is the scene when... Hill is chasing the female bartender with the cherry bomb and the parasail and the sea dew, and that's ridiculous. And of course, it's a woman. And then Spencer gets four ill-equipped and ill-advised, quote unquote, martial arts experts who are supposed <laughs> to be bringing him platters of hamburgers. Um, so he whips ass. I think that whole sequence kind of summarizes what they do, yeah. um, and it's fun. So I'm going to go with that. Um, MVT, come on. Hill and Spencer, man. That's why we watch these films, to see their chemistry. It's just, this to me is kind of perfect Sunday afternoon viewing. It's not high art. Um, it's just, it's it's comfort food, and and I love it. It's like a meatloaf. I love meatloaf, and I don't give a shit if it's not, you know, it doesn't, uh, you know, stir my soul. It kind of does by making me happy. Yeah, there you go. Innocent. Throwing my phone around now. Um, so excited. My score for this one, uh, I'm going to say like a 7 out of 10. It's just, it's not got lots of goodwill. It's not a perfect film. And you could kind of grimace at some of the stuff. And it's about 15 minutes too long, but it's hard in the right place and it works for me. Uh, all right. Uh, make or break for me. Yeah, it's the scene with the kung fu guys. I mean, it's just, that's the one that stands out the most uh, in my mind. Uh, MVT, yes, it is Hill and Spencer. Uh, but I'm going to be honest. Uh, out of the two of them, I kind of lean more towards Spencer myself. Yeah. Uh, so I'm giving it. I've, I've given it a little bit more to him than than to uh, Mr. Hill. Although, yeah, it's really their uh, their chemistry together that uh, that makes it work. And score for me is a seven out of ten. I mean, yeah, I, this thing. If you like, like I like I said earlier, if you like the the Burt Reynolds movies of this time, those kind of like <clears throat> little frolicky lark kind of movies, then you'll like this. Yep. What'd you guys give it? Six? Sixes? Seven. I give it I give it a seven. And six I, I could even say six out of seven. I mean, the score isn't necessarily reflective of enjoyment. I, you know, I'm gonna say six and a half. It, it's I'm going seven. I'm sticking with my seven. Uh, I don't know. 
uh, in and around. Yeah, you're I'm waffling now, like the house. Uh, I'll say seven. No, that was my original score. I'm gonna stay with the seven two. That you know, it just it's not it, anyway. I'm fucking rambling. Sammy should be talking. So yeah. Sammy, uh, my make or break is also Hill and Spencer. I mean, it, with these films, it's really hard for it to be anything else. Uh, uh, because they really kind of stand out in the movie. Sometimes the bad guys are fun, but this one, K1, even though he's kind of fun, he's not, you know, his plot is so ludicrous and stuff. Uh, he's so low energy, too, right? Yeah, yeah. he actually played a character named uh, Rambo in a film called Miss Caribe. Miss Caribe? That's interesting. Uh, I got to see that. I got to see Miss Caribe now, where he plays a character named Rambo. Oh, man. Is this a Cuban film, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, uh, neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, MVT Hill and Spencer. I think I do like Hill, or not Hill, uh, Spencer more in this one. Uh, sometimes yeah. I like Hill more, but uh, yeah, if I had to go down between the two, I'd say. Okay. Ooh, man, wait, 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 you're going down between the two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Slalom skiing, yeah. man. Let me, be wow. your, let me be your service animal. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no, but if I had to choose between the two, I think in this one, maybe a little bit more Spencer, because he's just kind of so goofy and... You know, he's been reading his comic book in prison. I kind of like that part. And oh, yeah. they, you know, they introduce him in prison stuff. They let him go. He's so happy to be let go. It just seems like, you know, his character's got a lot more to fight for, whereas uh, Hill's character's kind of just kind of walking into things. And, yeah. you know, and there's also a dash of kind of uh, deceitfulness to him, too, right? Like he wants to get Hill involved in the fight because he don't want to do the fight by himself. And uh, yeah. we didn't, none of, did any of us talk about the ventriloquism? Oh, man. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, it's a little fun and stupid, but it's uh, totally it's totally a Hill Spencer type thing. Um, yeah, my make or break is like I like that bar scene, even though, like I said, it happens in several other films. I, I still enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I love that Spencer's one. Yeah, another one. Yeah, another hamburger. Yeah, and uh, he's just throwing down on hamburgers. Man, man after my own heart, right there. <laughs> Truck stop hamburgers. It sounds like uh, a good dinner plan. Uh, than a greasy spoon burger. Yeah, that's right. I think what'd you call it? The choke and puke earlier? Yeah. Choke and puke. Yeah. Used a little bit of a, a trucker vernacular CB, there. C B vernacular. Yeah, a little choke and puke. So um and uh, my score is a little bit well, no, it's at six point seven five. I go six point seven five. I'm right at right at the cusp of seven. Look, I, I fully realize, kinda like Trinity and some of their other films, these films aren't, you know, great films in a lot of ways, but they are super sure. entertaining. Yeah, uh, at least I think so, and I'm sure most of our listeners will probably think the same thing. There's just something charming about them, and sometimes that that kind of is it, enough. Yeah, it's enough, and it doesn't you know it doesn't always make sense, but sometimes you know you just get that. Uh, mm -hmm. Sometimes a duo works. I mean, my my grandmother she loved uh, Hope and Crosby. Uh, I never saw it. I don't understand why she loved them. I thought they were always kind of chaste and kind of silly. Uh, never really got into the films, but. You know, my grandfather liked Lewis and Martin. I didn't like that either, so whatever. Um, but, of course, I like Laurel and Hardy, so, you know, that made sense to me. Uh, you never can really tell. Like, sometimes camaraderie in films. You know, Hollywood still tries to do this, right? Uh, it seems like Owen Wilson's always looking for uh, They're always trying to put Wilson and Vaughn together or Owen Wilson and... Kevin Hart and The Rock now is the big one. Yeah, or uh, Helms and uh, Ed Helms and somebody. It seems yeah. like they're always trying to put people together and try to find that next... Uh, because I'd say it's cheaper, right? It's cheaper to put these duos together and try to make cheap comedies and make some money off of them than, mm -hmm. you know, obviously comic book films and stuff. But anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, that's our review of Go For It. Uh, we will take a break. And when we come back, we will discuss Yes, Madame. 
from 1985. We'll be back right after this. discuss yes madam now so if you may you may so the yes madam review uh not only should we do it anyway because i'd never seen the film and this is right up our alley especially after watching this movie i really realized this is right up our alley but uh will had posted a picture i believe uh about a new episode being out or whatever or a new episode coming soon on facebook and he had said something about now go watch yes madam uh and so it kind (laughs) of It kind of became this in joke between the three of us that you know we had we we had actually reviewed Yes, Madam. <laughs> We're like, wait, what? Yeah, and Will was joking we, around saying, "Oh yeah, I realize that now." <laughs> I inadvertently roped us into reviewing it because it was just more. I was looking for like a gift. Well, I, I forget who I was looking for now. I was looking for. Oh, I was looking for Gordon Liu. I was on Tumblr looking for like a Gordon Liu thumbs up gif or picture. I couldn't find one, and I stumbled onto the Michelle Yeoh, Cynthia Rothrock high five. I'm like, okay, this works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I posted it, and I was, and it was basically like, while you're at it, go watch Yes, Madam. It's a great film. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, wicked, we're doing another show. And I'm like, fuck, guys, I think I just broke this into <laughs> reviewing this one, which you know, there's worse fates, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, this works out. I and mean, we hadn't had yeah. Rothrock. I don't think we've done a Rothrock film since Undefeatable. And I don't think we've done a Yo. Have we done a Michelle Yeoh film on the show? Uh, if we've done, oh, we did, we did, we did heroic trio. Yeah, well, I don't right. think I was on heroic trio. Was I on heroic trio? Maybe I was. I can't even remember anymore, man. That's how many episodes we've done. Know. Yeah, I don't remember now. So it's hard to believe she only has fifty-two credits to her name because it seems to me like she's done a ton more stuff than that. But yeah, I know. <clears throat> um, I know. It's I'm trying true. to look through her uh, filmography and see if if I remember cop, uh, covering anything with you. But I don't. I, you may have done heroic trio with somebody else. Maybe. I don't think I did though. I don't think I've ever done a film with her. So anyway, yeah, I mean, I've seen her and stuff, obviously, but I've, you know, I don't think we've ever reviewed anything. Maybe we have. I don't know. It's been a while, man. Sometimes stuff comes up and I forget we even did it. Somebody brought up Uppercut Man the other day. I'm like, what? What's Uppercut Man? <laughs> oh, Daniel Green, the boxing film with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Miami boxing film, right? <laughs> the Miami, another, yeah, another one. And it's got Juliana Gemma as the crooked boxing promoter. Yeah, with a mustache. With a mustache. <laughs> So anyway, neither here nor there, as I've said about five times this episode, I think. Um, so, yes, madam, I'd never seen this. Uh, let me give you a basic plot synopsis: Aspirin and Strepsil, great names, two petty thieves who inadvertently become involved in a murder case when they steal items belonging to a murdered man. 
Uh, we'll leave it at that. Uh, this has the microfilm. And it's, yeah. Uh, man, miss, miss the days when microfilm was a MacGuffin. Was a <laughs> always lo- I don't even know what the fuck was on that microfilm. Did, did, did anybody ever show you? Yes. Well, they tell you. Oh, they tell you. I don't think they ever yeah. showed it, right? Yeah. Uh, well, they kind of did. They kind of do, but the, yeah. With those still- they don't show you like explicitly. Yeah. So this is directed by Corey Yoon, who's uh, directed more than a few films. Actor slash director. Um, I, I I know I've seen more Corey Yoon stuff. I know I have. Oh, hundred percent, you have. Legend. Yeah. He's in a Corey Yoon's an attractive. Right he's an attractive older man. I'm just gonna put it out there. Is he? I, I can't remember what he looks like. Uh, he's on uh, his IMDb picture. He's an attractive young man. He's a well, young man. But he's an attractive man. He is. Yeah, he's, yeah. Cleans up well. That Corey. Good looking dude there. Yeah, anyway. it's like Johnny Toe, man. Handsome, kind of clean cut older man. Um, I'm trying to look at here what you would have seen. Ninja and the Dragons, then? Didn't we do that one on the show? I've seen it. You've seen No Retreat, No Surrender. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Legend, Transporter. I've seen uh, half. Eastern of, Condors. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, yeah, I've seen that for sure. I've, I've seen half of uh, Transporter. I couldn't get through it all. Invincible Armor. Transporter movies would seem like they're right up my alley, but they're not. They just don't work for me for some reason. Anyway, um, I almost oh, said neither here nor there one. again. Uh, <laughs> I get on a saying sometimes, like, let's rock and roll, and I just can't let it go. <laughs> anyway, let's get into this. Uh, I guess I had never seen this. Todd had never seen it. Todd, do you want to lead? If you want to lead, I'll let you. If not, I'll do it. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I can kind of okay. fly through some stuff here. Um, first thing that you notice uh, when the uh, credits start rolling is the name Dixon Poon. <laughs> Always, man. So, you know, that's the, the seal of quality. Yes. Uh, right is. there. Peter Boners. <laughs> it's the Peter Boners of, uh, of Hong, uh, Hong Kong. Kong. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, Sad, we should, sadly, it is. Dude, we should say that Dixon Poon has been knighted. He is Sir Dixon Poon now. That's right. That's right. Nice. That's Gotta amazing. Get the, uh, the oh, my God. Michelle Yeoh is his wife. There was his wife for like four years. Oh. Makes sense. Um, There's a joke to be made there. I won't make it. Yep. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Yo. Was it Yo Poon? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, your dick's uh, in my poon. Poon. <laughs> yeah. Hope you don't need to announce it, man. Ooh. That's kind of an action over words thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would say so, yeah. I would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you were a service ant, never mind. Oh, no. uh, so yeah, Yo's outstanding as always, even with short hair. Um, oh yeah, she's- she is. She is for me one of those women who is just amazing in so many ways. Not just because of her her uh, her physical abilities, but just her her looks, her voice. Like when she's when she speaks, uh, like in her natural voice. Um, and she's aged amazingly gracefully uh, all the way around. So so she's a big draw for me anytime that I see her name in the credits, even if the movie's not that great. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what I'm going to say about this movie. But, um, yeah, she's always a draw for me. So she, uh, as far as I know, she was not trained in uh, – was she trained in martial arts? Was she Miss Malaysia or something before she became an actress? She was. I don't she know. Was. Yeah, yeah, she was. And I want to say, and forgive me for all of our Hong Kong buffs – I'm pretty sure she came on the scene with Jackie and she just, like, she got to it and she worked her ass off to do a lot of stuff. I mean, 
for my money, we can talk about some of the, the female stars of the seventies, but Michelle Yeoh is the queen for me. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. she's so I mean, the fact that she can hang with Jackie and she can run in a Golden Harvest film and do unbelievable stunts. And some of the stuff she did with Jackie is, I mean, it's just insane, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get the, the you, this is a treat. I mean, the film itself is a bit uneven, but Rothrock and Michelle Yeoh can hang with anyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is another reminder of uh, not only Michelle Yeoh and how great she is, but also a reminder of how gifted physically that uh, Cynthia Rothrock is. I mean, oh, yeah. I know take or leave some of her acting sometimes, um, and just it's just the type of film she's made. But yeah, I mean, as far as action sequences go, she she can hang with anybody. Yeah, she really is uber talented. Both of them. I mean, there's a lot of great moments in this, but I, I do have to hand it to Michelle Yeoh. I mean, this is somebody who. I don't believe grew up doing martial arts at all. Trained her yeah. ass off to do this stuff in films. Uses a lot of dance moves. She was a dancer, I believe. Mm-hmm. She is Malaysian by heritage. She doesn't even speak Chinese or can't even read Chinese. Um, but she's, No Cantonese or Mandarin for yeah. her at all, I don't think. Yeah, so she does everything kind of either phonetically or just, you know, she's managed to make a career in, uh, in Asian films. And when you think about that, it's pretty fucking amazing. And not to mention the fact that Maybe, maybe, arguably, as much or more than any star from Asia was able to cross over into the Western world with a little more success than um, than even someone um, like some of their bigger stars, right? We, you've had guys try to come over, and um, it doesn't always work out. And for her to be in a Bond film, her to be a captain on Star Trek, and... Yeah. You know, her to do some stuff. She's had more success in the West yeah. than even our boy Tequila, man. I yeah. mean, that's crazy. I've been watching yeah. the... Uh, Other than Jackie, maybe, obviously, yeah. right? I've been watching the new Star Trek, and it was fun to have her in uh, in the episodes. It's always great to see her. Yeah. She's, and, she's, 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 she's a She's a beautiful lady, too, right? So she, she crosses boundaries because she is so pretty. And um, Yeah, I mean, it does say right here in her bio, never a trained martial artist. She relies on her dance discipline and on-set trainers to prepare for martial arts scenes. That's fucking amazing when you think about it. Just think about Super Cop. Just think about some of the shit she does oh, in Super man. Cop. It's insane. She does, stuff she, she does among the most... She's involved in some of the most jaw-dropping, memorable Hong Kong stunt sequences of all time. Yeah, it's insane. So, yeah, I gotta give it up to her, man. Back to you, Todd. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no problem. I think we, okay. we, all, we all wanted to jump on that yo train. Yo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, come on, right. Never mind. Yeah. Um, Service animal. So, yeah. <laughs> wait, I got to open another window here. <clears throat> so, yeah, this is the kind of movie that uh, you pretty much get the flavor for it when it goes from snapping a flasher's dick in a book to blowing off a robber's hand in zero time. Yeah. Um, they missed an opportunity at that moment. So when they, like I was saying this in the shower, when she slams that book on the dick to go case closed. <laughs> oh, that would have been painful. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that's really the, 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 uh, the, the way that this movie rolls. That's kind of the, the tone that it tries to, what I should say, the tones that it tries to balance and does for the most part. Um, that's cause of course, then you get the, uh, the white guy whose name is Mr. Willie Dick. Or no. Yeah. Mr. Dick. Yeah, that's right. His name was <laughs> Dick Mr. Wave, Dick. Right? Yeah. Dick Wave. Great. Always plays a heavy in Hong Kong films. Isn't he rocking yep. isn't he rocking the Mandarin collar jacket? Yeah, I think he is. He's got like a white Mandarin collar jacket. Dick Wave's always great. He always brings it on the screen too. Um 
he always reminds me of like the more serious, not quite as well dressed uh, older brother of um, of uh, Simon Yam. He's got that little bit darker yeah, complexion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's like he gets tired of his little brother's bullshit. You know, he's uh, yeah, I always like Dick, but he's always good in films. You, what, did you, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, and then there's a nice little twist with uh, Yao showing up for dinner. At yeah. that, uh, at the moment, well, after Mister Dick is uh, is introduced, and I just like that it kind of it kind it tied it in, um, it tied it in nicely. And there's also, you know, obviously the uh, the apple silencer on top of the silencer. Oh man, I love that! I love that scene. I I had to gift that on uh, on Instagram. The apple it, silencer is amazing. Oh yeah. Uh, so then you go from there to uh, to Choi Hark uh, rocking the shirtless overalls. Yeah. And. Um, uh, of course, in this well, throughout the movie, you'll also notice very distinctly that they have heavily lifted the uh, Halloween score. Oh uh, yeah, from Mr. Carpenter. That's uh, a Troy Hawk move, man. Shamelessly, yeah, shamelessly took it. Um, and there's also probably a couple others in there that aren't quite as uh, recognizable, but definitely. Um, Good news, I had to know. Service Animal Series is not what you think it is. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> I can take a breath. It is it is service animals, but uh, we're talking about human beings that prefer, provide service. So take oh. that away. Yeah, you got. Well, it. that's different then. That's yeah. okay. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, that's that, that's fine. Uh, human human trafficking, not a big deal. Nah, come on. <laughs> no, but seriously, now if it was dogs, I had to know. I had to know. I mean, it was too. It was too. My morbid curiosity kicked in. I had to it was know. Just eating a hole in you. Yeah. <laughs> well actually that okay yeah. yes exactly i stepped into that one <laughs> uh so uh yeah but uh the movie's uh it's really inventive and energetic in style and action um and it's got this uh complicated three-way plot that really um uh, it's interesting because i personally once i got done watching this movie i felt that it was not so much uh, about the Yo and Rothrock characters, as it was about the uh, the three yeah, uh, kind of low level, yeah, yeah. As- exactly. Aspirin, Stepsil, and Panadol. Panadol, yeah, Panadol, Aspirin, 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 Panadol, and, and Strepsil. Yeah, and Panadol uh, is played by Choi Hawk, right? So yeah, and it's a great performance by Choi Hawk. Um, He's fun. Is. He's yeah. usually pretty fun on film, actually. Yeah, yeah. But it, I mean, the movie's really more theirs than it is anybody it is. else's. It is uh, because it is. they're they're the ones who have uh, you know skin in the game. They're the ones who have a reason for what they're doing outside of just you know it being their job. Uh, they're the ones who suffer the most uh, in the film. So you know, it, it, it's it's kind of, I just found it kind of funny that it was called uh, Yes, Madam, but I guess you couldn't have called it Yes, Aspirin, Panadol, and Strepsil, and gotten the right. same effect really could you i mean i don't think you could um but they're the kind of guys these three uh, thieves or whatever they, you know they're being underhanded for a noble cause right they're they're um uh they go to see uh their I, i'm assuming it's their their boss or their they said that the boss or is it their a relative or whoever Samo? it is and, yeah yeah when the they go to boss, see Samo. Yeah. and uh, of course he's in there with the the greatest old age makeup uh possibly ever Oh, yeah. uh, it's just that you know, throw powder in the hair kind of thing, and put some gray <laughs> makeup uh, on the uh, yeah. on whatever lines he has on his face to yeah. make him stand out. Yeah, he's on the groper train too, but it's really <laughs> like a chicken. Yeah, right. 
That nurse, though. Oh, uh, I don't. I, I'll tell you what. If I could find, if I could find her name in the credits, I will be Sammy searching that one. Um, <laughs> just saying, pointing it out. Um, Which one, the younger nurse or the older kind of nurse ratchet nurse? Because <laughs> um, <laughs> if you're Sammy searching, I, I, if you're I, Sammy please, searching, you might be it. looking for the uh, older nurse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take the fifth. Yeah. <laughs> Did they make any service animal movies? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, Rothrock and Yow, I, I, they 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 do have a certain kind of chemistry together. Although, eh, not so much. Uh, they, you know, they meet and it's just instant hate, um, and that carries through the the whole movie um, up until the end. Obviously, when of course they have that begrudging sort of respect for each other. Um, a lot of the comedy in this thing actually works pretty well. Uh, which is obviously not something that you see a ton of in many Hong Kong uh, films. So that was a plus because uh, it made the uh, the portions of it which are not action oriented, uh, you know, kind of smooth flow by a little bit better. Uh, it's not quite as uh, as painful to sit there through. Um, <laughs> you get the uh, the Vietnam bad guy Dennis. Uh, who's you know deliciously cartoonish? <laughs> oh, Dennis um, is a GGTMC classic guy. Yeah, <laughs> holy fuck! The the, the Browse and Stash combo are just insane. Yeah, and it, you know I love how they, I love how uh, Chinese characters always have the most the like the, the it seems like the American names or the I should say the what, Occidental names or whatever uh, that they pick are always just so kind of like the way that they say them is so bland. Yeah, it's like Dennis Willie. <laughs> Um, you know, I don't, I don't remember the, uh, the main bad guy's name. Um, Tin, Mr. Tin. Was it Tin? Okay. Well, yeah, at least Mr. he has, Tin. at least he has a name that you would expect. <laughs> uh, so it just kind of flows through. Uh, but he's, yeah, he's, he's another yeah. one. Uh, Tin is, you know, if you look through the his, credits. His cartoonish. Yeah. What's that? I'm sorry. If you look through the credits, there's like 15 actors that's just credited as Tin's thug. <laughs> <laughs> Tin's lawyer, Tin's thug. Yeah. Tin's thug. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know he's as he's as uh, cartoonish as anybody else is because he's you know he's got that maniacal laugh that he just busts out uh, at any given moment in time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> at the most inappropriate. It's just it's oh, so wildly inappropriate. He milks it even by Hong Kong standards. I yeah. know, right? <laughs> he does. Uh, and he's got that that see through fucking shirt with the fucking uh, tank top underneath it. Yeah. Going for that Simon Yam look. Yeah, right. Although he kept his shirt and buttoned up, he didn't uh... didn't <laughs> unbutton it and then tuck it in. Yeah, right. Uh, the one thing that I did not like about this movie and that I always pick on, in uh, especially in Hong Kong movies, is the use of undercranking in the fights. Oh, and it, yeah. is, it is prevalent in this one. Yeah. Uh, so even though, you know, you, you can still have an appreciation for what the, uh, what the performers are able to do uh, and how they're doing it, it just, it kind of, that always just kind of takes the edge off it a little bit for me. Because it's 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 such a, a cheat. It's like a such a blatant cheat. Uh, I'm not. I don't. I mean, I, I, were I making these movies, would I use it? Yeah, I probably would if it if it made the uh, the action you know move faster. But it, it's just always something that stands out to me. It's it's always yeah. kind of a little a little uh, check mark against. Uh, in my book. Yeah, it's kind of par for the course, though. I mean, it, I understand. It is, I get it. it. Is, I get but... it. Me and my brother, when we were growing up, we used to laugh because we used to always think, you know, because we were exposed to Cynthia Rothrock movies from cable TV, right? Yeah. 
So we would always be watching these Cynthia Rothrock films and be like, yeah, man, she's not that great because they're undercranking the movie, the camera, and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you, you learn to accept it. But th- this one, uh, they even undercrank uh, some of the comedy bits as well. I'd say some of the scenes between Panadol, Aspirin, and Strepso in the uh, small apartment, those are undercranked as well, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very shouty but, too. The, these these three characters, Strepso, Aspirin, and Panadol. It's a very. Some of their scenes are incredibly shouty. <laughs> I don't know if do you like guys that. got that. Yeah, I don't know if you guys got that feeling or not. But some of their scenes, when the, all three of them are together, I mean, it's like, can you guys please stop screaming? <laughs> yeah, well, it cuts because they're always at each other's throats, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. They're the Stooges without the uh, without putting a, a wood planer on uh, on Curly's head. <laughs> um. <laughs> But uh, I think that this movie is kind of as much of a send-up of the buddy cop film as it is an example of one. Um, because, I mean, like I said, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of comedy that plays through it, and it doesn't really, and for how, I mean, like I said, for how maniacally cartoonish the villains are, uh, it really just kind of tends to lean a little bit more towards you know we're kind of taking the piss on this as much as we're being an example of this and that's really for me at least is when uh, that sort of parody thing works uh, best is when it actually is a good example of what it's sending up uh, and this and so this fits into that category um, do, 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 uh, yeah but the the leads uh, Yao and uh, and Rothrock for how charismatic they are they're never really developed Um we need all more. that much. Well, yeah, I mean, the, we, we never, I don't think, well, I, I should say, I never felt that, and certainly their relationship is not developed nearly as much as the thieves' relationship is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we never really, you know, we never really give a crap why they hate each other. We never really give a crap why they all of a sudden at the end then are, are you know, are happy to work with each other. Uh, it just doesn't mean anything really. Uh, and I, 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 don't, I don't think that's, a humongous negative in terms of this film. It's a missed um, opportunity more than a negative. But it is. It, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, and it, it, it's interesting that aside from their fighting skills, the, neither one of them were are very good cops at all, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, which for, you know, a movie about cops is kind of stands out. Uh, but then the film, and, and this is again going back to that, that kind of, that tonal shifting that this thing does all the way through it is that there's a, uh, an unexpected turn after the big finale. Uh, and then in the, in the final moment, it really, it really goes a different way than you might expect. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly with the way that it wraps up and then I see, I don't want to say anything. Um, cause it just, it, it definitely doesn't what wrap up the way that you might initially expect. From, and especially from the way that the uh, the finale plays out, so um, that's about all I got. Yeah, no, this was uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know; it does drag a little bit for me. Um, and yes, I, I I absolutely would have liked to have seen much more of uh, Yao and Rothrock kind of uh, um, being outside of uh, just the action scenes. But overall, no, this is, uh, I, I, I like this a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't have a whole lot more to add. The, uh, the action is established very early, which, you know, great kind of like simple action scene at the beginning, but the complete chaos of that action pretty much tells you what you're going to be in for as far as action scenes go for the rest of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So it works very well. 
uh, I couldn't tell if that one, and it has to be real, that uh, kind of van that goes up off over the car and on its side, but that one shot almost looks like miniatures almost. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's pretty great. Um, again, like most of these films, you feel like the stuntmen probably suffer some major injuries. There's some. Oh, man, there's a few in this. Yeah. The dentist character at one point goes through that water fountain and <laughs> lands, and I could swear he hit his neck right on the side of that fucking water fountain tub. Oh, uh yeah. God. And it looked like it fucking hurt. <laughs> man. Oh, man. Oh. No one takes a fucking bump like a Hong Kong stunt man. Yeah. No one. There's some rough stuff in here, man. Even if that glass is fake glass that he falls down on, it just seems to me like it it oh just seems to me like a bad move. But whatever. <laughs> they do it for our uh, entertainment pleasure, I guess, but man, it just looked like there's some maybe some injuries on this film. Maybe some injuries. <laughs> There's no, it's not, I didn't see in the credits anybody listed as Dennis. So I, don't, I was trying to figure out who played Dennis, but I don't see him in the credits anywhere. I just see Tin Thug, like over and over again. <laughs> I was looking to see, I didn't see any Dennis in here anywhere. It's kind of crazy because he kind of stands out, right? You know, with the. Uh, massively, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with the eyebrows he's he's the, the Street Fighter character yeah. of, the, of the film, right? <laughs> yeah, the, oh, yeah. The Groucho Marks of the. Uh, <laughs> yes, madam. Yes, in, my, in, in my day. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did. Lo- I love the scene as well with the uh, the apple and the silencer. That's great stuff. And uh, Dick Way is completely menacing in the film. Like every time he shows up, he's he's you know it feels like things get you know taken up a notch. Like yeah. he's gonna he's gonna fuck people up somehow some way. And and there is a lot of comedy in the film that is very broad. And like a lot of these uh, Asian films of this era. Uh, this one's not repulsive, and to the point where they're not no. making fun of, uh, you know, people with mental di- disabilities or anything. Uh, something yeah. they like to fall unless, back on. Unless you want to, unless uh, you know, watching Samo stuff food in his mouth is, you know, is <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing yeah. for you. It's always great to see Samo. Even if, oh, even yeah. this is a short moment, you know. Every time you see him, you kind of smile. It's kind of like he's got like the Bud Spencer effect, right? It's almost like yeah. that. <laughs> just kind of smile when you see him. The guy's done two hundred movies, and and a lot oh, of times he just he just shows up and stuff and. It's amazing, um, but yeah. Anytime uh, Dick Way shows up, it like things get turned up a notch, and the comedy is is very broad. To kind of go back with my point, and sometimes Dick Way's character doesn't really fit in with the broadness of the comedy between the Choi Hawk and the uh, the other two actors that play uh, Steph Strepsil and uh, Aspirin. Almost feels like all three of those guys are named after medication or something. They are, man. <laughs> yes, of- they are. Hoi Mang and John Shum. We yeah. should say John Shum really. Is the Vincent Chiavelli of Hong Kong film? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah, but uh, it's fun to when those guys are all together. I thought um, because they're such they're such bumbling fools and oh, yeah. they live in poverty. And you know, Choi Hawk's not a good. He's supposed to be a bootlegger or counterfeiter, but he's not very good at it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, he's got a great face, right, Choi Hawk? He does. He, you know, obviously, I think he's a better director than he is an actor. Yeah, uh, and we've covered some of his stuff in the past, and I used to always call him, you know, when I, before I knew his name was Choi Hawk, I used to always call him Sui Hark. But yeah, everyone did, I did. But you know, I didn't know his name was pronounced. But I didn't know uh, going into this film. You know, it's funny we've done his films for in the past. I didn't know going into this film, but maybe maybe we did talk about it that he was actually educated in Austin, uh, in Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah he went yeah, to he University was. of Texas. I, I think did he also go to NYU or so? I know he had a lot of Western training. Yeah, yeah. Somehow he ended up uh, doing a lot of stuff over here and then going back over there. Yeah, and uh, you know he's turned into quite the filmmaker. Obviously, um, still mm. working to this day. Makes a lot of one of the fantasy. One of the first guys to really kind of 
put uh, wuxia films on the map, right? Well, in terms of that spectacle and combining really fantastical elements, I mean, you had stuff like that in the 60s and 70s, but he brought it to another level and yeah. he brought a Western sensibility to Eastern filmmaking, yeah. unlike, I think, any filmmaker. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I think, I think Green. he did. I don't think, like I said, I don't think he created the genre, but he opened it up no. for American eyes, I think, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think yeah, the last film, I think the last film of his I actually watched was uh, Detective D, that Phantom Flame film. Which is fun. It's good, yeah, it's real good. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, I haven't watched anything. He's made fucking five films since then, so he's made a couple, another Detective D film. He's making the one right now, actually. Uh, so whatever. He's making a film called Eight and a Half. Wonder what that is. Nice. Wonder if that's his version. No, something else. That'd be pretty cool. But he's uh, he's actually not Chinese by nature either. He's uh, Vietnamese, so. It's interesting to me that you know the way this film's kind of got this kind of global cast and global talents involved. Yeah, but yes, uh, Choi Hawk, uh, great film career. Um, he's getting up there too, man. That guy, these guys, some of these guys we you know think about. You know, Sam him. Yeah, we've been doing this show for ten years. I mean, some of these guys we think about, they're getting up there. It's not they're not yeah. they're not young pups anymore. I think uh, Choi Hawk's uh, sixty eight. Wow, That's my dad's age. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to believe. That he's sixty-eight. Yeah. It seems he always seemed like. Well, but a young I'm, I'm also man. at the age where I'm like sixty-eight. That that's not that old. No, I know. Well, I am I too. I am too. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I'm not. <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, it's just amazing to me that these. You know, everybody's getting up there, right? It's just <laughs> the older we get, the older those people get. It's just the way it works. <laughs> it's yeah. I was talking about that yesterday with my dad about it's like, not to sound morbid, touch wood, but like Clint Eastwood's very old. <laughs> yeah. He's an elderly. And, he's an elderly man at this point. I mean, he's real old, but like yeah. he, we can say even at our age, we can say 68, and I, I agree, 68 isn't that old. My parents are between 68 and 72, and they're pretty, a lot of vitality and day-to-day life's pretty good. Man, Clint Eastwood's fucking, he is an old dude. Yeah, he is. He's uh, 88. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah, it's amazing. Still making movies, too. Still making, even if they're not good, he's still making them. Yeah. So God bless him to have the energy to pursue his passion still. Yeah, he's making, he's actually doing a, uh, I don't know if you guys have read, but he's uh, making a film where he's actually starring in it again. I guess it might be his, his quote unquote, his last film, but he's going to be a drug mule. Uh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called The Mule, and he's directing it and stuff, and he's acting huh. on it. So plays a 90-year-old in that, which he's close to. I think longevity's in his bones, though. I think his mom lived to be like 95 or 96 or something like that, so I think. You know, a lot of that stuff has to do with genetics. You know, sometimes it just works out in your 88 favor. 88 years old, man. Imagine that showing up day in, day out, man. Yeah. I think he, he runs a pretty efficient day, though, doesn't he? Like eight hours, like they're yeah. done like four o'clock every yeah. day. Yeah, he doesn't overdo it. You know, yeah. yeah. his age is wise. <laughs> people, well, they, I know people were talking about that back in the night, even when he made uh, Unforgiven. Like, you know, you got like maybe two chomps at the bit and that was it. If you couldn't get yeah. it done, he's moving on to something else. I mean, he's not. He's old school in that way. You know, you either get it and you get it in one or two shots or you just don't get it. <laughs> Kubrick, he ain't. Yeah, no, Kubrick, he's not. No, he's, he's not going to do that. Um, but then, you know, that efficiency has obviously led to a long career, right? I mean, he's directed how many films now? Probably 30, 40? 40. 40, actually. This wow. film will be his 40th credit. So, That's incredible. And starred in 71 films. So, you know, more than half of his filmography he's directed. So, crazy. Anyway, get back on point. Um, the uh, the like I said, the the, the action is, it's kind of it's it's rompy. 
I guess you could say. I, I think undercranking yeah. obviously has something to do with that. It makes it kind of silly in sure. a way and kind of rompy, but still the choreography is pretty amazing. Uh, Rothrock does her kind of back mule kick type thing here. They do it in slow-mo to show you kind of her versatility and how she can whip that lever. Yeah, her legs, how she can whip those around. Uh, she also rocks some major jumpsuits in this. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. The, the amount of loose-fitting pants in this. <laughs> yeah, and shoulder pads and things like that. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. Yeah, it is. What a time that was. <laughs> uh, now everybody's wearing like you know. Now if we have films like that, everybody be wearing yoga pants and uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, stuff like that. So uh, I, I do miss. I said earlier, I do miss the days of microfilm. Uh, you know, it's just, it's such a silly little plot device. Uh, it's such a small thing. You know, nowadays, of course, you got jump drives and and hard drives and all these things you can do. And but uh, the microfilm, man, always was a great MacGuffin. And just to hear mm-hmm. people say microfilm, uh, just to hear him say it, uh, yeah, the Green Beret, I guess, is what he was. Dennis, he's <laughs> pretty amazing. I always love in movies that when people have a costume, you know, and then you identify them by not only their costume but sometimes their makeup and, and stuff. And like Dennis, you can tell that this is the kind of character that never doesn't wear his his army fatigues, mm-hmm. so he stands out. You know, he's special. It's a very simple movie. Uh, I like that too. And uh, I, you know, what a it's not. Michelle Yeoh's debut I think she did a couple movies before this but I think it's her first starring vehicle right mm-hmm. and she's went on to be one of the highest paid actresses in, in Hong Kong history I believe if mm-hmm. not one of the highest I'm, I'm pretty sure she might be the highest paid one in Hong Kong history maybe I don't know about that I, uh, that's a bold statement I don't know if that's true or not but I know she demands quite the coin over there and rightfully so and she's an international oh, yeah. star you know she's as uh, maybe not as big as Jackie Chan. Obviously, that's that that's a whole you know that's Elvis Presley. That's a, yeah. yeah, that is. But you know, Jackie Chan. I know from reading in the past that I know he she's one of the few that he trusts to do her own stunts and. Yep. And it's and you know again it's pretty amazing when you think about that because I mean she comes from a dance background she comes from beauty pageants things like that and here she is doing these crazy action films and she champions I know that I've read interviews with her. She really champions action films. She thinks they get a, they they get the short shrift as far as uh, respect. So she she really champions them and thinks they should be you know celebrated more because obviously there's a lot of work that goes into an action movie that people don't even think about. Oh yeah, a lot of the nuts and bolts behind the scenes stuff and never judge a book by its cover, right? Yeah. Now one Beauty of the big pageant. Yeah. He doesn't speak the language and she slays it, man. She's the queen. Yeah. So one of the things Todd, oh, easily. Todd didn't mention that. I'm surprised he didn't mention, but maybe it's just me. And I had to go to IMDb to double check. But the amount of music in this that is lifted from John Carpenter's Halloween oh, score. Oh, he did. He did mention it. <laughs> oh, did he? I yeah, didn't even pay attention. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got the dun, dun, dun. You know, when the phone's ringing, you know, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that's like the Michael Myers. Ding, ding, that's ding, a Troy ding, Hawk ding. move, man. Yeah. He, he lifts. He's blatant about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which again, you know, it always makes me laugh because you know uh, people always talk about Tarantino, but there's been filmmakers before Tarantino that were lifting. I mean, it's everybody lifts. So I mean, well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> this is kind of no, well, this goes one step beyond. Yeah, this is blatant. But the stings. Oh yeah. Every time Mister Ten turns around or shows up on screen, they give you the Michael Myers sting, the ding, <laughs> and you're like, whoa, wait a minute, I know that sting. You know, I've I've heard a lot of stings in my day. Well, uh, the first time it comes up in the movie, you're just like, was that? Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when the phone rings that one time, that's when I hear the kind of Michael Myers kind of uh, stalking music that dun, dun, mm-hmm. dun, dun. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So then I went to IMDb and I'm like, okay, so it's clearly we're lifting here. And I wonder if 
Carpenter cared or if he got approval or whatnot. Carpenter uh, seems- uh, no, I, I would almost guarantee you there yeah. was no there was no discussion about yeah, this. Carpenter's well aware of, of Hong Kong film. I wonder if he would. I mean, that, this is 85, so he would have still been in the game, not as far removed from uh, film culture as he is now. If you hear some interviews with him now, he seems like he's pretty removed from film culture as far as what, you know, what filmmakers are making now and stuff. But in the eighties, I mean, he was still like uh, Robert Rodriguez, Tarantino and these kind of film directors. He, he could speak good on just about any type of genre. I mean, he made a Hong mm-hmm. Kong film, right? I mean, he made one. Yeah. So he was one of the first guys to kind of mix those things together. So I, I wonder if he was aware. I wonder if somebody made him aware. If not, cool for him to let him keep using it because it's kind of a fun little you know kind of a film geek moment i guess for you know for me i kind of smiled when i heard it and i was like well it sounded like it but i don't think it was and then i heard those stalking music i was like oh yeah clearly this is uh carpenter stuff so mm-hmm. and interesting. it's distinct it is yeah right his stuff is distinct I even, i've listened i don't know if you guys have listened to his stuff the his lost theme stuff no his newer right, stuff, no. but if you go back and if you listen to that stuff, you can totally hear stuff that would have went went in the car. I mean, his stuff is so John Carpenter that like even his lost theme stuff. If you get a chance, pull it up on Spotify if you got it or something. Listen to some of it. You're like, wow, this sounds like sounds like the theme to his next movie or something or something he would have made. There's some good stuff in there. Some bad stuff in there too, by the way. I think some people are a little too nice about some of the stuff he's done, but uh, there's some really there's some good pieces though. Some really good stuff. Very Escape from New Yorkish. Uh, type themes and things like that. Anyway, Ooh. not to get on that. Um, yeah, that's all I got, man. This is a play. Uh, again, this is the first time I've seen this. I knew about the series of films. Um, we kind of talked about them a little bit, uh, but I didn't know. I'd never seen any of these. And so when we kind of threw, when Will kind of accidentally threw it up there, it kind of worked out for me because I can mark it off my shame list. So, yeah, it's a good series for sure. Um, I'll kick it over to you, Will. Okay, uh, I'll try not to have too much because nature's calling, and I'm gonna try my football <laughs> practice here in a bit. And time, I time to get in, time to get yeah time to get in that hammock. Yeah, I gotta get in that hammock. Um, <laughs> what do we got? We got hammocks with more hose. So, um, large William, that service provider, the service provider, man, the service master. Um, <laughs> We get uh, we get. This is really the glory days of Hong Kong cinema. And one of the big things I want to quickly give a shout out to here is, um, you know, we we often talk and lament sort of the, the the broad humor. And I love I love whenever I get to hear Sammy say the subtle acting, <laughs> the subtle humor, yeah. which is sometimes cringeworthy. But one thing Hong Kong always got right, even going back to the decade before this, was. Um, females kicked ass on screen. Yeah. yeah and they oh, didn't yeah. need to be starry-eyed. In fact, they'd have the men fawning over them, yeah. which is it's great to see. And when you get to, like, we, we kind of daydreamed, or I was daydreaming about a Samuel Bud team-up. To see Michelle Yeoh and um, Cynthia Rothrock together is pretty cool. Yeah. You know, the yeah. two, two women of that caliber is really a fun thing. Now, I do think they miss the opportunity by giving too much to the Three Stooges. They're likable enough that that material in less Likeable hands mm-hmm. would have been cringeworthy, yeah. Um, but thankfully, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Samuel being around kind of kept things tight, and Ewan's a very skilled director as well. Um, you know, and one of the good things, or one of the hallmarks of Hong Kong filmmakers, a lot of times they don't have any pretensions about what they're making, right? So this film gets right to it. There's shootouts, there's cars, there's stunts, there's action. 
you mostly get what's on the tin. They don't get a lot of soul searching. I mean, you get melodrama with some of the heroic bloodshed, but they kind of get to what they're what they're advertising pretty quickly. Um, the yeah, there's lots of fun stuff in this. The microfilm. There's the old credit card in the door trick, yeah. which uh, never usually works quite as easily as that. Yeah, so I've tried the credit card trick, and uh, I've never been successful with the credit card trick. I guess it's a a leverage thing, maybe. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah that swipe uh, doesn't always work in the real world. It's uh, it's like hot wiring a car, right? You get those two wires and you rub them together. Yeah. <laughs> Bing bang boom. Yes, you're, you're <laughs> good to go. Um, you know one thing interesting, and it never occurred to me until we were watching. Well, we, I guess, uh, in a sense, but sadly not all in one room. But until I was watching um, this film, was there's a really great overhead shot at the airport um, showing some of the the fight unfold and, and some of the kung fu and whatnot. And it really, and I, I think this is probably just me looking for a nugget more than anything, but. Um, because of the the shape of a lot of the, the cubicles and some of the, the architecture within the airport, it really looked like Jacques Tacti's playtime with like a kung fu scene oh, yeah, for a hot yeah. minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. And, it, you know, you'd think you would have maybe seen more overhead shots, but surprisingly, I don't recall seeing too many. Um, Not too many, no. No. I, I, can't, you, I can't think of a memorable one, at least. No, he keeps it pretty tight with the... As far as not opening up the uh, the frame on it. Well, I mean, in general, like in Kung Fu films, period, I can't think of like a a really fantastic sequence that was done via overhead shot. Oh yeah, well yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of a, I can't think of too many that are that really stand out. No, definitely not. Um, you know, we get a few examples in the genre, sort of east east meets west. Now you get a lot of those, of course, in in American action films, right? Like your Showdown in Little Tokyo and things like that. But it's nice to kind of, and you know, the odd one like um, Legendary Weapons of China. No, that's just sort of East meets further East. Yeah. But um, <laughs> yeah. I always like to see that, you know, that kind of team up. So that's cool. And, and the great thing about this, as we've said in this review, is how well Cynthia and Michelle both equip themselves, right? It's, it's really a joy. And I wish I hadn't done more together. And as much as I, I'm fine with, uh, Choi Hawking Company, I think it does the talents of the women a disservice to not give them, even like like you'd get in like a Eurocrime film, a few petty criminal scenes, like them getting dealt with by the ladies, right? And kind of yeah, yeah well, that, uh, well outside, outside of the flasher and the and the little heist there at the beginning and then Cynthia's um, introduction. At the, at the airport, yeah, but to see, I would like to see them more together. Mm-hmm. Um what else do we get? Oh, we get the, of course, being a police film, we get the uh, the the resignation scene where you hand the handing in of that badge and gun, <laughs> which is gotta great. Gotta go rogue. You gotta go rogue, man, if you want to get shit done. Yep. Fuck the red tape. Someone actually says in this, we got him by the short and curlies. <laughs> as much as that's used in the real world, uh, not so much anymore, I guess, but I don't know where I'm saying it. Uh, I'm close to finishing something at work or in a negotiation, but um, it's, I hadn't seen it in a film in quite some time. I've been known to um, drop. I've been known to drop that phrase every now and then, but nowadays, of course, nowadays you got to be careful dropping phrases like that. So. You do, yeah, you do. <laughs> well, then That's again, true. I mean, nobody nobody has pubes anymore either. Or are they making a comeback now? <laughs> oh, I've always kept them. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I not always. Like everybody's but, uh, a Ken and Barbie doll. I got one you of my. Wear a, I got go one ahead. of my. I got one of my teeth right now. <laughs> nice. Flosser's gonna floss. That natural, yeah. That all natural floss. Yeah, that bean sprout smile, man. <laughs> <laughs> that Wendy's salad bars, huh? That's right. Oh, <laughs> wicked. <laughs> oh boy. You put a sneeze guard over that. Oh man. For real. Um I'll tell you, talking about flower, man, that one dude took a fucking bump from the top uh the top floor when he hit like a floor coming down that hit the floor in that sort of final sequence. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, it's a Samuel film when, when dudes take real bumps. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. Some, of the, some of the bumps in this, man. Some of the falls. Oh. People got fucking hurt. There's no doubt in my mind. Oh, God. <laughs> people got laid out. In, they're in traction, man. I mean, some serious bruises. But, uh, of course, the finale is incredible. Um, as much as... You know, some of the sequences, uh, we don't get enough between the women. The, the finale kind of makes up for it in some ways. And um, it's that flip on the banister when, uh, I think it's, I can't remember now, uh, if it was Michelle Yeoh or Cindy Roth, I was pretty sure it was Michelle Yeoh, where she, she is almost like a, uh, like a gymnast's um, pole. Um, I can't say pole without snickering, uh, where she swings around <laughs> and then pulls them down through the glass. Yeah. That was at the oh, bottom yeah, of that yeah. floor. Yeah, that was a good. I mean, it's just a lot of you know really great. They they do that again in slow motion too. So, um, really impressive stuff. And uh, I don't think I have a whole lot of notes. I mean, except no one's really spared from from the bumps and the that last sequence. Everyone takes licks, and uh, I, I'd love to have seen uh, like a director's or a commentary from. Cynthia or Michelle or Dick Way or Sam or someone just talking about the shooting of that, that finale because it really is impressive um, on a lot of levels. And that's always the thing that Golden Harvest films impress with. It's not just martial arts. It's it's um, how punishing it looks and how, and how dedicated to the craft of stunt work that uh, their teams are. So those are those are my notes, actually. Nice, nice. All right, well, we'll get into make or breaks, um, MVTs of whatnot. Todd? All righty. Uh, make or break for me is, yeah, I mean, it's going to be the big finale. It's really impressive. Um, MVT is Yoon for the way he uh, kind of toys with the genre and um, kind of balances out multiple tones. Uh, it's impressive. I mean, it, it, this is... Mm, I, I wouldn't go say in top tier, but this is really good as far as action is concerned. And I like that the uh, the cops weren't really uh, the focus as much as the uh, the thieves, the three guys, the, the stooges, uh, as we say. Uh, and score for me is a 7.5 out of 10. Um, yeah, really, really impressed with this. And of course, anything with uh, with Michelle Yeoh is uh, going to get an extra extra bump. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, my MVT. I'll go with the 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 team up. You know, of Yo and uh, Rothrock. I really think that's the best thing. I know it's a bit of a cheat when we do two for the most valuable thing, but I mean, it is. It is, it is one thing. It's yeah. a team up. Yeah, I mean, with these buddy films, you know, if if the buddy chemistry doesn't work, I think 
obviously it's kind of you know it, well it's kind of shit from the beginning right i mean it's got to work so when they are introduced to each other it's kind of a meet cute uh airport fight um it's an amazing fight for that matter uh it's it's pretty great from that point on the way they kind of talk to each other and of course there's that great moment where she pulls up in the car you know they both went rogue and they kind of look at each other and it's like get in you know yeah <laughs> and you're like all right here we go finale yeah. time and uh that was speaking of that my make or break is the climax of the film i really there's a lot of great moments the airport fight the the opening with yo by herself and and all those stuntmen and stuff that's all great um there's several really great moments of the film um again the acting is a bit you know well it's a bit you know normal for the genre and there's no doubt about that but you know, some people could take it or leave it. I know that because it can be way over the top. But I really I, did enjoy the climax. I love the laughter of the bad guy. <laughs> oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of laughing in this one. Man. He got his cackle on lock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he does. And um, of course, it's just a great. You can see all those set pieces, and you think to yourself, "I wonder how much of this stuff's going to get destroyed." And it's pretty much all of it. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, so that's my make or break. I'll go with the climax. And my score is the same as Todd: seven point five out of ten. Uh, Super enjoyable, uh, to say the least. And I had never seen it, so just one scratch off my shame list. Yep. No, not that I'm ashamed of anything. No, but for <laughs> sure. Shame that you haven't seen it. Yes, it's a shame. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Um, as much as, you know, I guess, as I've, not, I don't want to say disparage, that's probably overstating it, but as much as I could go with uh, the Chinese uh, Vincent Chiavelli and... <laughs> And Hoi Mang and and uh, Choi Hawk is you know they're kind of fun in their own right. I also want to go with uh, Michelle and Cynthia as my MVT. I just think that as you said, Sammy, when you have a buddy film, um, you've got to see that chemistry between the buddies, so to speak, and just have them have their moments to shine. So, and let's face it, let's be honest, we don't see a lot of like when we see buddy cop films, it's not usually two women. Right. right. So this is a pretty unique entry in the genre. And as I'd said, and I think I'd said earlier, forgive me if I have, but that's one of the great things about um, Hong Kong film and, and uh, Japanese film, but more Hong Kong film, I feel, is that women were given uh, a lot of room to shine and to kick ass and to run with uh, the men. So, and this is another example of that. Um, so. That's my MVT, my make or break. I got it with the finale. It's it's just it's it's the crown jewel in the film, and, and where many bones uh, may have been broken, uh, a lot of ice packs. The ice pack budget uh, had to be through the roof for that one. No doubt. Speaking of aspirin, a lot of people needed a fucking aspirin or ten after <laughs> after that, man. Um, and my score is the same as your guys, seven point five out of ten. I don't think it's a perfect film. It doesn't need to be a perfect film. No. Um, it it it. It's, as they say uh, in England, or I guess uh, in the UK, it does what it says on the tin, and it does it quite well. So there you have it. Nice. All right. That's <laughs> that's our review of uh, Yes, Madam. Um, all right, everybody. So that is the big show. We hope everybody uh, yeah. <laughs> enjoyed. Um, don't know what we'll be doing next week. We'll kind of keep you up to date on that as we go along. Um, but yeah, that's, that's everything. I really don't have a whole lot more to say. (laughs) (laughs) Run out of shit to say. (laughs) At the right time. Yeah. Um, so I guess the, 
the last thing I'll say is adios. Adios. <laughs> adios. <laughs> we are lost. Thanks for listening. You can find the gentleman at ggtmc.com and you can email the gentleman at midnightcinema at gmail.com. Thank you.